Hi, I'm Tom Scholey, co-writer and artist of Transformers vs. G.I. Joe and creator of American Barbarian, and you are listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. <laughs> Bullseye. You fighting Daredevil? Oh boy. Nailed it. Put that card down, Dad. No, I just saw Bullseye on the cover of the solicit to Loki number Loki. four. And yeah. I thought, that's odd, but okay. Yeah, and it's not even one of their contest of champions. Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure a playing fruit. card could hurt anyone oh god, that's cool, yeah. <laughs> what if it's, the, what if it's the Joker though? Think yeah. that would hurt him? <laughs> one of the <laughs> You're an asshole. You're such an, an asshole. One of the guys, now listen, one of the guys came into um, the shop and he was like, hey Dave, what's up with this Jimmy Olsen series? Is this any good? And Dave's like, oh, it's really good. It, it delves into, and Dave's going into like the theoretical reasons why it's good because it analyzes the Olsen family and the members and it's so very well written and, and everything I agree with, right? And then once it quieted, it quieted down, I was over going through the dollar boxes, right? I said, is this your card? <laughs> Hysterics. People rolling around on the floor, let me tell you. Oh, God. And we hope we have you rolling around on the floor because this is 11 O'Clock Comics, episode 872. And I am Vince B. Yes, you are. Uh, I am a quenched David A. Price. Oh, nice. And yes, this this is not, in fact, Hollywood Shuffle. Yet, I am Robert Townsend. Ooh, Meteor Man. Yes, nice. but you're, you're not Robert Townsend. You're Jason Wood, everybody. And, get this, the wayward son returns. Yes, mm. fresh and sparkly off his recent triumph, Local Man Gold. Yes. <laughs> it's our dude, our boo, our brother, Tony Fleece. is back with us Hello, again. Everyone. Happy to be back. I'm I'm not sticking my pinky in your butt. Local Man Gold was awesome. It really was. I I don't know that I, uh, yeah, I I wasn't on the show when you all talked about it. So, been meaning to send you. I might have texted you, but I thought it was awesome, dude. So, oh, thank you so much. Yes. And the uh, shop owner said, hey, tell your buddy Tony to make more foil covers because I guess (laughs) that issue sold much more than the other issues. Well, I don't know if I mentioned it when I was on, but, uh, that foil cost so much that we only broke even on that issue. So, <laughs> oh, oh shit! A million copies moved, and you only broke even. Like, what is that? Well, that's why he's going to recoup all that money with the uh, image homage covers for the next that's couple right. months. That's what we're really hoping for. Uh, that, by the, the good call, David. Uh, Local Man Number Six is about to go on FOC next week, uh, and we've got uh, a Walking Dead 20th anniversary cover, and we have an Image Comics homage cover. You guys should check out. Nice. Tell your shop you want those. Here's for, you, the, for you plebes, FOC means final order or cutoff. It means the last chance that your store can get you that comic. That's right. They set nice. the order numbers based on what the shops order. And the last chance to tell the shops that you want one is on Monday. Uh, the foil costs a lot because we did it on the front and the back. And so they had to – the regular foil is fine. But if you do it where it wraps around like that, they had to put like a finish on it. That, so that the spine doesn't crack. And that is what is expensive. 
Ah, I love it. So did you, talk. when you were deciding to do this and you're like, well, let's do a foil cover, let's go all in, and then you get the price and it's exorbitant, are you guys just caught up in euphoria to the point where you're like, ah, fuck it? Well, I mean, yes and no. I mean, we, <clears throat> we'd we already said we're doing a foil cover, so there was a <laughs> minute where we were like, we could just print the image of foil, you know, and just have it look like a like a picture of a foil cover, you know? But sure. we also thought like people would never forget how chintzy that was. And mm-hmm. you know, once once you betray somebody's trust like that, you you can't get them back. It's really true. Yes. So so we just uh, moving forward, we won't do two sided foil covers. Smart. But we appreciate the aesthetics. Thank you. Yes. Well, like Dagwood Bumstead, I'm gonna uh, symbolically use your advertisement as cheese and layer another piece of cheese on top because I am talking who sponsors this show? Cheapgraphicnovels.com That's right. Cheapgraphicnovels.com If you're looking for Omnibu collected editions, trade paperbacks, which are the same thing, only different words, and manga, just head on over to cheapgraphicnovels.com Check this out. Our buddy Jake Smith the Blood Force Trauma collection out of Dark Horse is out. The retail price is nineteen ninety nine. I hear you all laughing because you know you're not going to pay that. You can hop on over to CheapGraphicNovels.com and get it for thirteen ninety nine. And get this, uh, Tony's friend, Greg LaRoche, who did The Almighty. I talked Ed about. It, why did I say Greg? I don't know. <laughs> Ed LaRoche. <laughs> who did the um what the good thing i was here it was and is uh the almighty I talked about it it's a cool series trade paperbacks out eleven dollars and 89 cents and if that wasn't enough what else do we have here so you could scroll on this thing for years and just find a whole mess of stuff that you want to bring home oh black cloak volume one ten dollars nice. and 49 cents Yep, yep. Uh, Plus, Max is also always having crazy sales. Nick and Dent sales, Omnibus sales, like crazy, crazy sales. Sometimes, if you're, it's a site you want to you want to hit up more than once a month because you might just catch it one day and there's some Wumba discount on a collected edition you really wanted but didn't have the budget for, and suddenly you're getting it for like twenty five dollar. It's true. Earth Divers, Volume One, Kill Columbus. Twelve dollars and fifty nine cents. Shit, that's thirty percent off. This is what gets me now. Dark Horse is reprinting the creepy in the eerie archives in softcover, so you can get volume two of the creepy archives, which you need if you don't have this stuff already, for seventeen dollars and forty nine cents. That's thirty percent off. You know where to go. Cheap graphic <coughs> novels. <laughs> dot, dot com. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, it's a mess. It's a mess. Tony comes and just shits everything up. <laughs> oh my god, that's funny. Ah, uh, so what are you drinking, Vince? So you, you need something to drink. You are there. drinking something because your throat is your throat is dry. It, it, no, I'm drinking cherry limeade. I didn't feel like alcohol. This week. Wow, your boo your boo comes on, and that's how you do it. Should I didn't do him anything? I huh. who move? Take it away. I ain't playing your game. Nope. <laughs> You're not, not falling into the Not track. doing it. No, no, no. Well, I am, you know, I almost had a very big crisis here this week because wifey, wifey hurt her ankle. She's fine. She's going to be fine. But I had to run to some stores to pick up some things because uh, she couldn't. 
and I went to the BJ's, which for I don't know if that's a, I don't know if that's a national thing or it's well, like a Sam's Club or a it should club. be it should yeah, be I know right yeah <laughs> and that's where I get my my G zero my Gatorade zero right so I go over to the Gatorade zero section to get a couple pallets you know two tree pallets and there's no fucking Gatorade zero and I'm like I'm apoplectic like I'm I'm calling up Better Health to have a chat like I'm I'm like what I can't I can't not have the G zero. So I collected, I collected myself. I thought, all right, well, I probably have another two, three days worth at home. Uh, hopefully, they're going to restock. I'll come back and see. Well, yesterday was D Day, and I rolled to the BJ's again. Walked all the way down because the, the the Gatorade section is the very end of the of the gigantic store. Turned the corner, and like a beacon of light, like the golden fleece. Just like that, Jason, this Jason found his golden fleece with three fresh opened pallets of Gatorade Zero. So in celebration of that, Vince, I am having fruit punch flavor G Zero. Nice. I thought you were going to say they were out of Grey Poupon or something, like really traumatic. Nah, nah. You don't like Grey Poupon? Uh, no, I prefer the, the, the coarse ground mustard. Like, <laughs> you know, that's that's really my jam. Oh my God. Dad <laughs> knows what I'm talking about. I do. Yeah. Okay. What are you drinking, Tony? Oh, I'm gonna have just because normally I come on here and bullshit you guys, and I got a little, <laughs> bit, I've got a little bit of good news today. So oh. I'm gonna have a Modelo Especial. What's the good news? The rabbit <clears throat> So you know, normally I come on here and I'm in like a, a panic trying to get work done. I'll, I'm, I'm still gonna work after we finish here, but. I'm usually like trying to draw a comic in like 10 days or 15 days or something. And I got an email from Image today, and I was expecting our deadline for Local Man number seven was going to be like the 4th of October. And it's like the 16th of October. Oh, shit. You got all the time in the world. You got enough time to hop to New York Comic Con and hang out with us. <laughs> it's like, true. What, what weekend is that? The weekend before. The 12th. Yeah. Yeah. The weekend before. Well, I do think I'm busy then, but ninth, tenth, eleventh, twelfth, you guys, of course. Ninth, ninth through the eleventh, through the twelfth. Ninth, tenth, eleventh, twelfth. Yeah, Monday through Thursday. No, 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 no. Twelfth through the fifteenth. Oh, yeah, you're Thursday. You're right. Twelfth through. Oh, so you'd have to be back that. So you'd have to leave. Either Saturday or early no, because he could get it done on the eleventh. Still beat the deadline. Oh yes, yes, beat that. Oh right, right. I, I, I thought you had to be back. Right, the deadline's the sixteenth. My bad. Okay. Well, you know that is the only weekend in October I'm not doing anything. All right. Well, let's. You are oh, now. Suck it, suck it. <laughs> let's leave it open. <laughs> that would be the stupidest thing I ever did. <laughs> I'm gonna upgrade. Dude, my you seat. could come hang out at Statelywood Manor. It'd be lit. That would be. We're cool. actually thinking That'd about be... staying in the city one night. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. All right, we'll talk more about this for sure. Okay, okay. Anyway, what a blessing. Shout out to Trisha Ramos, who does the uh, deadlines at Image for giving me this beautiful 12-day gift. Uh, it's, a, it's been a wonderful second half of the afternoon. I literally woke up in a panic, you know, like completely tense and stressed, and then I just got this email to the, it was like, hey, you know, treat yourself. Have a nice afternoon. <laughs> now, wait, before Dap does his drink, you and Tim own Local Man Lock, Stock, and Barrel. Don't you set the deadline? Yes, but we've already solicited it, which means oh, got it. Okay. Cops know when it's coming out, and if it's not out on time, then it's returnable. And blah 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 blah. Gotcha, gotcha. Can't have that. Well, who would return that anyway? Well, exactly. No one. People, unethical people. I assume. 
non-discerning comic book readers that's who well, listen we like their orders just the same we like the ethical <laughs> yeah <and discern. laughs> you suck thanks for your money you like the speculators the flippers you're, you're come on come on that's right nice we're making something for everybody <laughs> what the bardesian cook up tonight that uh actually no it's not the bardesian oh. uh this is just a uh, shout out to our boot caleb uh for christmas he sent me uh rock town arkansas straight rye whiskey this is a, a 92 proof um but because it's rye and it, it it is a little sharp i don't uh i don't drink it all that often but tonight i decided to actually splash a little bit of uh maybe a little more than a little bit but i splashed some ginger ale in there it's on point i'm i'm enjoying it quite a bit got the big ass cube in there so a little rye a little oh, ginger ale the bac Nice. I got a couple thank yous, Vince, if I might, before we jump in. Hey, go nuts. Uh, yeah, I was going to say one should be a group thank you. Well, I don't know. Tony probably wasn't included. Although Tony knows everybody, so he's probably also got the same thank you just randomly. Yeah. Um, so the, the group one, I believe, at least it should. I don't If it doesn't arrive, I know we're all getting it. Um, our longtime friend and supporter of the show, patron Mitchell, um, was kind enough to grab copies for each of us of uh, Death Transit Tanager, uh, number one which is Carl Kershaw's new project. It's actually a web comic that you can read. If you Google death transit tanager or Carl Kershaw, you can read his web comic for free uh, online, but he is putting it in print and this is the first issue. And Mitchell wanted us to read it and knew that we didn't participate in the crowdfunding campaign. So he procured copies for us and they are signed. And it's not only the nice copy, but they're actually signed by Carl, which is pretty neat. So that, thank you to that. Did, and did, then, uh, before you move on, did you yeah. happen to look inside that comic? Yeah, I read it. I read the whole thing. Yeah, I read it. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It is absolutely ridiculous. The art is a punch to the face. Oh, yeah, for it's sure. It's very powerful stuff. Like, I was like, Carl, what you eating, my man? Like, this is, Carl, yeah, Kershaw's he, good, but I, real good. But this is in a style that I don't think we've seen much from Carl well, in his style. I shockingly read the back matter as well, and he discussed yeah. his. He was inspired by all the anime that he's. He lived in Japan for a couple of years, and oh. he was inspired by uh, anime and manga. To uh, he actually mentions the specific works that inspired him. Um, uh, I'll have to go back and re-reference it, but yeah. So that that was the vibe he was going for. Yeah, incredibly attractive, kinetic, just gorgeous, amazing art. I can go yes. on and on, but people need to read this. It is just for sure. That, it's that good. Yeah. Yep, and then the other thank you, which I believe is a solo joint, uh, is from other longtime friend of the show and patron Davin Pasek. He sent me uh, Rosemary Valero O'Connell's "Don't Go Without Me" um, because we were, I think, chatting about uh, a couple of creators, and he knew I was a fan of her work, and also asked me if I had read this yet. And uh, yeah, it came out in 2020, but I said, no, I actually forgot to order it when it came out and I don't have it yet. So he sent me uh, a copy. I don't, I don't know if it's his copy or a, another copy, but he sent me a copy and I did read it. So uh, if we have time tonight, I will talk about it uh, henceforth. Davin sent me something as well. Nice. And me. Yes. Oh, yes. Um, unlike you, I'm a big fan of, of Matt Kent, right? So uh, It's true. I, I, I got I gotta, <laughs> I gotta, I gotta, I gotta to be able to come up with that. Yeah. I'll clue you in. He he asked me if I had read Mr. Mammoth, the book that Kent did with Jean-Denis Pendeau, or Pendanks, and I had not read it. And I'm really glad I did. So I don't know if you've read this, Jason? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So maybe if you're feeling, you know, 
like slumming, we could talk about it later in the episode. <laughs> okay. Uh, I was sent uh, a miniseries from Dark Horse. This is the trade collection. Uh, but when it was coming out, I was waiting. I was like, I'll, I'll look for the trade. Pick it up on on from one of the shows we go to, or I'll just get my hands on it eventually. And so our boy slides into my DMs and asked me if I'd read this, and I had said no because I love the creators on it, like Pat Oswalt and Scott Hepburn. My man sent me Minor Threats, and I know that. Oh, uh, nice! There's some. Uh, there's a spinoff going on right now. Uh, I think the alternative there's yes. this book based on the world of minor threats. So yep. I'm gonna yep. I'm gonna look into that when I finish this trade. But I mean, we we're fans of Scott Hepper. I, I know Jason and I are. I know that uh, it, yeah. it's I've got art. It, it's I got some of his uh, couple pages from when he drew the um, the uh, the Drax book mm-hmm. uh, that 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 uh, Phil Brooks wrote. But the uh, I, I I'm a big fan of Scott. Love his work and and this looks. Not quite like what I would expect from Scott. Still looks great. Actually, just some pages here that remind me of like Tom Fowler and spots. But there's, it's it's a great looking book. Colors popping. Uh, I'm I'm really looking forward to checking out these characters because uh, I, I I dig the. Con- I'm, I'm a big Pat Oswalt fan as well, so I'm just really excited to check this out. So uh, once I finish the couple of things that I'm in the pro- process of finishing, I'll I'll jump on this to uh, talk about it soon. Nice conceptual continuity. I actually uploaded some Scott Hepburn art to Kath yesterday. You did. Yep. Well, there we go. This is cool. Tony, let Tony, Tony give his thanks to uh, Davin and Mitchell. What would they send him? <laughs> I, got, I, I don't have thanks so much as I just feel a little bit uh, left out here. Left out? <laughs> well, you, you, you are the official fourth. You know what I think it you're, is? You're chair 4A. They probably just didn't have my uh, right, address. right, right, right. Totally. Although so. I feel like everyone in comics has your address. That's true. <laughs> well, I've moved. It's probably at my old place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They didn't foreclose yet on you. <laughs> oh. Every day we get closer and closer. What? Well, is is it <laughs> too soon? Too soon? <laughs> drag me out of here to debtor's jail. There's still debtor's jail. Oh yeah, Jason. Well, is let it, us know. Is it beat up everybody week? Did I not get the memo? It's a roast, be. Vince. Okay. Yeah, we can take it. Yeah, wait, we definitely can. You got yeah. thick skin. I have yeah. incredibly thick you're skin. You're so mean to Jason. You're you're so sensitive today. I'm I mean to Jason. On the you regular, every time I come on here, Tony always brings that up. Dude, I'm Sicilian. Mm-hmm. That's how we show love. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I'm right. reciprocating. Um, this is going to be really, really fast. I just want to get the get the ball rolling. By saying, um, "Book of the Year" came out today. Holy shite! Oh, yep. Okay. Yeah, it was a really it was a terrible week, and I was looking something for something to lift my spirits, uh, albeit momentarily. And what do you know? We get a book today, completely written and drawn. Yep. By Frank Miller. Yeah. Mm. Oh Christ! And not a symbiote. <laughs> It is not a symbiote to be found. Ronan, book two, number four, created, written, and drawn by who? Frank Miller. And uh, inked and toned by Daniel Henricks. Um, It's it's awesome. It's Frank, and he's drawn everything. And it looks really good. 
Um, it, it echoes of the well. There, if you listen very intently, you can hear a faint, faint echo of the original Ronin, like it's there, buried somewhere. But I, I just loved it. It's Frank drawing. Like what's not to love? Uh, uh, don't ask me what what transpired. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. So uh, I mean, the uh, I guess Aquarius has a baby, and uh, it's. It's very Dragon Ball Z-ish. Um, it's it's just awesome to look at. So, great job, Frank. Still got it, my man. <laughs> it, this thing super moves. I haven't read it yet either because it is as you as you hinted at. It is a little bit tough to tough to parse. Yes, but, yeah, uh, it I mean, it is. Um, as far as action goes, like he he's definitely like his. His detail is dialed down about a million degrees, but the fundamentals are still there. I have so much fun looking at it because it's just like this motherfucker can can just tell a story that moves like as if he's just breathing or talking. You know. Yes, it is. Uh, it's a tad bit repetitive in some spots. Yeah, but that's okay. Um, he, yeah, it's um, you know, if I put this side by side with a book that came out last week by a very uh, well. Uh, loved artist, I would say that this is the much better book in terms of story. Um, yeah, so I'm just that's that's an illusion. You can figure that out on your own. What's that? What book? Yeah, what are you talking about? Uh, Gargoyle of Gotham. Oh, Raphael Grandpa. Yeah, it looks great. It's the 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 writing is ter- terrible. You know. Yeah. I haven't read it yet either. Yes, it's, no, it's facts. It's it, 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 is a, it is a stone cold stunner of a book, and the dialogue is nonsensical. It's like looking to the looking into the eyes of God when you look at the art. The art is just phenomenal. Yeah. Um, every nuance, every line is just brilliant, and then the words drag it all down to the the the, the you know the deepest level of of Hades. Yeah. Here's what I don't get. Here's what I don't get about Grandpa. Right, he's Brazilian. Now Brazil is is one of the largest economies in the country. It it is you know that is not a particularly cheap place to live. As some of our listeners may think, oh, it's cheap to live in. It's not cheap to live in Brazil, uh, unless you're living in like a favela, and I doubt he's living in a favela. Um, so I love Grampa. You know that. Now to be fair, Grampa on the very rare occasions he's done commissions or he has pages to sell, they sell for crazy money. So I'm sure that helps. But I I look at him and I think, how does dude pay his mortgage? Because I do not, I, I've never heard of him having another job. Now he make that doesn't mean he doesn't have one. But like, dude makes one comic every three four years. Over and here, maybe he's got stuff going on over there. I don't think so. I'm always, I'm, I mean, I'm always on the lookout. Huh? I mean, given what seemingly poor writing he has, I'd just as soon read a Brazilian version of his comics, right? I mean, yeah. I, it, um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I must just be the art because I know that the dark, the Dark Knight Golden Child pages were thirty five thousand a page, so I guess that carries along. <laughs> I guess that I guess that goes a long way. So for real, yeah, that's almost like Tony Fleece level. <laughs> that's almost stray dogs money. <laughs> that is crazy, yeah. but yeah, um, thanks, Frank. It's it's a wonderful book uh, to look at. Maybe those royalties from uh, Mesmo Delivery are still just rolling in. Yeah, 
freaking Vander today asked us on our Slack that we have a little Slack, like, hey, what do you guys think of Valentino's Batman? I'm like, for real? I'm like, oh, no, Sylvester, Sylvester. I mean, Sylvester, not Sylvester. Sylvester, I'm like, come on, dog. I'm like, <laughs> well, he's gotten hard on for Sylvester. We knew that. No, I know. But, but still, I, I mean, I, we're not going to lie to Sylvester him, read, but... wrote something that was worth reading. Mm-hmm. Um, week, week. What's that? I'm not talking about that. I just, I love to look at that book. It's beautiful looking. Yeah, it definitely is. Yep. yep. Oh, the Batman book he did? It is weird that, like, remember for a while, Jeff Loeb was, like, the guy who could write a coherent story and would and would be there for all those guys that, like, you know, who are just a badass. And it seems like they sort of got Jeff Loeb out of the game. Like, Jim Lee doesn't need a Jeff Loeb to, to write Hush anymore. They'll just, they'll just, Mark Sylvester will do his Hush and just do the whole thing. Yeah. And it almost well, it's like, like, like didn't like, Jeff Loeb quite, like quasi get canceled, right? Like there was that little like really, yeah, not like major. He was like one of the soft. I thought he was like one of the soft canceled guys. Yeah, huh? But I don't think that's why. I mean, Vestry's oh. not going to work with somebody because of. Oh, fair enough. Slightly <laughs> offensive. <laughs> fair enough. Yeah. Well, but but Dave hit the note right on the um, the head. It's a weird. Yeah, mixed it. But he said, you know what? Regardless of how this book reads. It's going to sell. He said, we sold out of the yeah. first issue. Oh, yeah. The, 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 the trade paperback will sell. The hardcover will sell. And DC will keep it in print friggin' forever. I, so, I mean, I, I, as I told you, I, I'm really – plenty of times I've read a book. Like you all know, I love Victor Santos. And I was so frustrated with his last book because it was so – it read so poorly. And I don't believe it was necessarily because it was poorly written. I believe it was because for some reason my dude didn't see fit to pay a translator. And and the book was just really poorly broken English because of the translation. I think that's at play here as well. Mm-hmm. Now I'm not suggesting that if it was really perfectly translated, it would be all that all all that particularly cohesive based on the plot. But but I do think that I do think that the translation is at play here. And either way, I'm still happy to have read it. I I, I think it's that beautiful visually. So I I just basically went back and re looked at the book without reading the dialogue balloons. And I think it it's it's a fine like it's I'm. Perfectly happy to have read it in that in that way. Yeah, um, as as an art object, I'll look at it again, right? Yeah. Um, but I'll be totally honest with you; I stopped reading it halfway through. You know sure. me; I, I bail yeah. at the the, the slightest. Um, I mean, I likened it to Treadmore's Doctor Strange, right? It's like no, that's yeah. way better than this. Way I don't better. So not from a writing perspective. No, I, I, mean, I, I do. It looks beautiful, but I don't. I mean. Yeah, well, I, to each I, its own. But I, I mean, I thought that was almost. I, that's kind of a cop out to well, each his I, own. I, I, I well, finished. No, I, I mean, I, well, I said I think Doctor. I think the Doctor Strange book was was was. We, I mean, I've read that whole thing versus this is only one issue, but, but right. based, it, it that was incomprehensible to me too. I, I thought it was pretty nonsensical. But. Well, what I mean is it self indulgent? Hell yes, but rightly so when you have one man doing everything. Of course, it's going to be self indulgent to a certain degree, right? Yeah. It's, you know, it's Trad Moore's Doctor Strange. But I, I thought that... I mean, listen, the dude, the dude sold one issue for, for like $300,000. Right. So I'm, who, who, I think he could take my criticism. I sure. Think I, but I, I did not think the story was at all incomprehensible. I thought it was on point. Uh, a little a little dense, not in a negative sense, but, I mean, you had to do some, some diving to get to the, you know, the golden ring. So I, I enjoyed it. I, I thought it was there, great. He could... There's definitely... With, with Trad, I think... I. I think there's room for improvement. There were the, the pacing was fine. It was like you said, Vince. It was dense in spots. But I, as as a Doctor Strange story, I think it hit the nail on the head. I I, 
I enjoyed that as a Doctor Strange. Yes, it looked great, but it didn't read really as badly as Doctor Strange stories from the sixties or seventies to me. It, it That's it's fair. Yeah, it, I mean, it's kind of it, far out there. So yeah, I, I, I had no problem with. It. I kind of knew what I was getting into. I mean, even though we we EMS was talking it up last year, and 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 I kind of had an idea what to expect, but uh, I was still happy to see it completed and and. And how it played out, I, I couldn't finish the first issue of 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 the Batman book, so yeah. it, it, it is. It, it, I can't really compare the two. You know, tr- appreciate when somebody can do both. You know, like right. I think so, so many of these, they like you see like Daniel like taking his career into his own hands and doing doing everything, and and I feel like especially with a trad, you know, like those those two are they run in the same circles. You got to think it has something. Like one thing might have something to do with the other, but you know that's what makes the people who can do both really special. Yeah, you know, Dap. I I I wanted to say this when we were talking about it before, but Fall Sunrise is almost Doctor Strange Kobayashi Maru because he's put in an unwinnable situation, uh-huh. and with a huge amount of luck, albeit there's a lot of luck going on for Stephen in this book, but he changes the rules towards the end. And I thought that was yeah. I thought it was great, but I I will say like there's a lot of uh, Deus ex machina in the book like stuff stuff <laughs> yeah, helps absolutely. stuff helps Doctor Strange where they just oh, well yeah. they came out of nowhere, but so what it's magic. It's almost like Trad drew it and he was just like oh shit all right well I'll just make it uh, anything can yeah, happen in magic. Yeah, I mean that's really my point is is I think that there and listen we've got a guy here in the fourth chair tonight that does it. I mean I think. We are long past the debate that maybe happened years, years ago about like, oh, can can artists become writers? Of course they can. M- many of my favorite creators. In fact, I think we talked about this on the 11 Oscars last year. Like, it's no secret that when we do these year-end awards, a, a good chunk of the people that we shower praise on happen to write and draw their books, right? Like that, that yes. I think when a person writes and draws a book well, it is the best comics that can, it is the best that comics can be. Um, so I'm not like against that in theory, but I do think sometimes because that's like the ultimate sometimes people who are incredible artists, visual storytellers, maybe aren't as on point. Maybe it just takes time, but whatever with the writing, but they get the opportunity to write because their art is so strong and because their art alone will move units. And like, hey, you know, you do you. But I mean, I think in both of these cases, it's to me, I I would pay almost any amount of money to see them draw a book, but I would rather have someone help them with the scripts. All right. Then again, if Grandpa comes to you and says, um, I want to do a Batman story, what are you going to oh, do? Say, sure. mm, yeah. maybe, no, you just like, you roll out the red carpet. I get and you it. can't lose. It's a Batman, Batman book's going to sell regardless, but now you have Grandpa drawing it. Yeah, dude. Or, yeah. Writing it. Well, listen, they yeah. price it at eight bucks, right? So it's not. Well, I mean, it's a black label book. Yeah, yeah. They're not yeah, losing money on it. No way. No. Uh, without, not, not to rehash it or go down that, but as far as for completion's sake, there was a, um, a, a tone deaf racial controversy regarding jeff Loeb uh back during um when iron fist was premiering on netflix and it was a whole east asian and and it was basically he just he showed up at, at san diego wearing a karate gi and a headband it was just it was uh, okay it was poor taste but and and so i remember that but as far as yeah i don't think the the, the canceling obviously didn't um you know i had completely forgotten that he was the one of the showrunners on lost yes oh yeah because I'm rewatching Lost. And Heroes too, but yeah. Oh yeah, I'm rewatching I remember Heroes. I rem- I'm rewatching Lost with Holden. Uh 
well, it's his first time, obviously. But and first of all, like I know this, like it, I forget in today's world how long these fucking shows used to be when they're on the network. Yeah. Like Lost it was tw- like twenty four hour long episodes a season. Like like imagine having to do that today. Like we make twenty four movies every year for seven years. Like that's in crazy. Um, but yeah, but every time I'm like putting on episodes, like oh, you know. Showrunner producer, it's like Jeff Loeb, like, oh shit. I'm like, God damn. Okay. So yeah. And I believe Brian K. Vaughn wrote for it too, although not until later seasons. He did. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Tony, what you reading? Uh well, I was gonna talk about Ronan, so I'm glad we covered that. Well, we uh, I mean, you didn't give your I mean, I had to say the the same things that that you were saying. But, uh, you know. So you're enjoying the experience of it, yeah, for sure. Okay. The same the same way I would if Raphael Grandpa puts out a comic book, I'll buy it. If Frank Miller puts out a comic book, I'll buy it. Uh, just because like <clears throat> I like watching his journey, I like watching his, his his change and evolution, and I think a lot of people like he was so much raw power that even when you're far away from your prime, there's it's still interesting to look at. And also when uh, Philip Tan works off his layouts. I think it's like the coolest looking Philip Tan shit I ever saw as well. So, uh, yeah, there's that. I read, um, Tom Scholey's, uh, Stan Lee book. Did any of you guys read that? I have it. Have it. He, he, it. he sent it as copies, but I have not read it yet. Um, but, uh, yeah, in fact, I believe he's asked to, if he maybe come on the show and talk about it. So we do have to read it, but, uh, no, how was it? Uh, I'll give you my quick take because because I'll let you guys do like sure. the full eleven o'clock breakdown after you t- t- talk to him. Um, it's cool. I like this for Tom Scholey. Like I feel like this is a, a great um, use of of like his particular skill set. You know, like like chronicling um, and sort of like biography, like being a biographer like this. Um, I like the Jack one better. Because I feel like it was a little more narrative, and this one is more uh, like a montage almost, like a like you know the first forty minutes of Elvis, where it just sort of like keeps moving and moving and moving, and you're you're picking up all the information of this guy's origin story. Um, this that's what this book feels like. It never <clears throat> really slows into a narrative. It just sort of keeps hitting hitting you with with information over and over again. Um, so it's almost like a like a, a book length trailer. That's that's how I felt about Jim Rugg's Hulk book. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. It felt like yeah, a, a best right. like a best of, you know, just all knitted together in, in, in some semblance of a story. There was a story because you're going from incident to incident, but it didn't seem like there was a a grand design, uh, you know, pun intended. So well, this one, um, like I said, I felt like the, the Kirby one uh had more of well obviously like tom Scholey, i think has uh has a deep love for jack kirby and i feel yes. like one was yes. probably sure sure. damn than, than this one um and this one you know i don't think he dislikes stan like he definitely there's definitely affection there um but it it just felt a little like not as special as the kirby one but still worth a read and like i said i, I dig the like I dig this for him. I would if he does a, a Ditko one, I would read that. Or if he, you know, if he does like a, a Will Eisner one or whatever, like follow, I hope he follows his bliss because I have a feeling these probably sell like crazy. Yeah. You know, 
Like I'm sure 10 speed press wants me to just keep making these forever. Um, there's only a, a handful of people that could ever get me to read a book on Stanley. And, and Tom, I think mm-hmm. is the top of that list. For sure. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, cause they like, it seems like every five years they put out a comic book about Stan Lee these days or a book. I mean, there's been so many yeah. books written about him too. Yeah. Um, so this one's interesting. I just, I guess that's my, my only critique of it would, it would be that I wish there was a little more narrative. Um, because like the lead up to it, hearing, like hearing Tom talk about it and sort of like hearing what this is going to be, the people described it as sort of like a tragedy or like a horror story. Obviously it goes all the way through to the end. So like things get really dark at the end, you know? And, um, and, and I just like, I feel like that could have hit a little harder. I don't know. It just by, by way of not sticking around for a long time on any one of these uh, stories or segments or anything just it seemed like more like cramming to get all the stuff in than than being able to like sort of sit and breathe and, t- and tell parts of the story you know like where, where some of these things where like you know towards the end of his life he's getting taken advantage of or like he's going through family trouble or you know working with the wrong people like I, that's the stuff where i was just like i'm interested in this like there has to be you know i, I, I want to see what happened here and that is sort of just as uh, we move past that just as quickly as we move past, like, oh, when I came up with Ant-Man, you know. Mm. So I dig it. Uh, obviously, I think, you know, people already have their mind made up on this one if they read the Kirby one. You know, like if, if you dug the Kirby book, you should definitely read this because it's a it's a a nice companion to it. And it, and it, it is a, a well-made book. It's a good book. I just wish it was a little more narrative, I guess, my only criticism of it. Does that make sense? You haven't read it yet, so you don't know. Yeah, no, but but I think the important thing too for me, what you're just talking about, is that I wasn't sure where Tom sat with with Stan because we all know how much he loves Kirby. So I I thought I wondered if this was going to have a decidedly negative bent to it. Um, okay. So it doesn't sound like, like it does. It's not acidic or like you know, it's not like vengeance for Jack. Like yeah, because that last Stanley, whatever that last Stanley biography came out was was non was nonsense in my opinion. So like, but so I, I'm glad to hear that. And again, we don't have to relitigate this. Stan was certainly a flawed man. There's plenty of room for criticism when we talk about his uh, his life. But 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 I I also think you 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 cannot you cannot do justice of about talking about the man without also praising the positives he had on the industry. So it has to be balanced. I mean, come on, we know Tom, Tom, Tom is a sweetheart. He's, he's an exceptionally nice person. He's level headed. He's a thinker. Uh, He overthinks many things. Sure. Right. So I, I did not expect this book to be a, a scathing uh, portrayal of Stan. I, I, I pretty much pegged it to be exactly what Tony said it was. Nice. Well, and just to even the scales a little bit, uh, I have not read it yet, but surely at the same time as the Stan Lee book comes out, he puts out another Jack Kirby book, just, just so p- people know where he stands. Uh, I picked up the Star Warriors starring Adam Starr and the Solar Legion, which I'm still trying to figure out what the fuck it is. Like, I'm trying to wrap my head around this. It's Jack Kirby did three issues of a, of a sci-fi pulp comic when he was 22 years old. Yep. And they were serialized short stories in another book. And Tom has like recontextualized them or re, but I don't know. Did he redraw them too? Like, I'm not quite sure. It says remixed by Tom Scholey. So I'm not sure what the, I'm going to have to listen when you guys have him on to hear what the actual. Right. I bought that today and there was no way I was just going to, uh, 
chow that down before exactly. the episode. So I have it on the side. And I'm gonna, I was going to read it, uh, oddly enough, for next week. Yeah, I got back uh, like an hour before the show, and I, was, I crammed a couple issues just so I'd have some, some new shit to talk about. But I saw this, and I was like, no, I want to definitely spend time with this. It's yeah. beautiful. I didn't even crack it open because I didn't want to be tempted. So I do not know what it is. <laughs> like, I'm <laughs> curious as to what exactly it is. Cover's great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it looks beautiful. But yeah, Stan Lee, I Am Stan, a graphic biography of the legendary Stan Lee. You should check it out. Don't take my word for it, but I'm done. They should take your word for it. Because you're, you're, you're an authority on the subject. Yeah. I want to talk about a book that Jason absolutely hates. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. I wonder why I came strong at the open. But uh, Dap and I enjoyed it a lot. So uh, we're going to talk about Children of the Vault, number oh, two. Oh, so nonsensical. <laughs> nonsensical. Oh, my God. Child- Tony, did you read Children of the Vault, number two? I don't even know what this is. Really? Wow. Oh, Marvel you X-Book? Bet. What? Jay's... The first issue, my dude. Dude, Jay... I, guess you're, I guess you're falling behind, Tony. That's cool. That's all right. He's, he, hey, he's making money. Can, Jason, can you give him the nickel description of what exactly the Children of the Vault are? I'm I'm just shocked that he that he doesn't have any reference to the children of the vault like that kind of hurts my heart dude like um I mean so well okay the children of the vault are a group of hyper evolved humans basically they are uh, they were introduced by I think Mike Carey and Pacello in their run of the X Men way back in the day uh, basically they are in this vault that is um, temporal shifted so they go through thousands and thousands of years inside the vault for every day that we go through. And as a result, the beings in there are fucking super beings because they've evolved many, many, many times over. And they got a beef with the mutants and they've been, uh, uh, and, and during this Hickman Gillen world, this Krakoa part of, of, of the X verse, they've been an undercurrent because they've been in the vault and there's been a few times where it looked like they were going to escape from the vault again and forge set up this really cool uh, setup where they did escape the vault but if they they always knew that if they if they escaped the vault the world would be destroyed so he basically set up this idea where they thought that they escaped and they thought that they took over the world and it was all just kind of in their heads but uh, but this mini series is where they realized the the okie doke they realized the forge was fucking with them and they actually have escaped from the the captivity and they are taking over the earth and this is right after the x-men hellfire gallon nonsense where almost all the mutants are gone from the earth and so they are kind of running wild on on the planet and you got cable and uh and bishop essentially who are two of the only mutants left on earth trying to fight the good fight and it, this book has got a real strong Squadron Supreme vibe. It's that kind of thing. It's like, what if superheroes took over the planet type of a thing? And they seemed benevolent, but are they really? Yes. So, go ahead. Uh, what Jason forgot to say is, is it's awesome. And <laughs> it, it's written by Dennis Camp, uh, illustrated by Luca Maresca. Yes. With Carlos Lopez on color and absolutely jaw-dropping covers by Yannick Paquette. So the thing that amazes me about this book, one of the things anyway, is that camp is setting up the children in almost exactly the same position as the mutants once occupied. They bring gifts of knowledge and technology to the to humanity. 
the the children have the luxury of resurrection with the whole evolution thing that that's what the mutants were doing they were resurrecting right and um they are uh in the position of let's just say authority right the 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 humans are looking to them for guidance and counsel and and information and all that stuff so basically the the mutants are no more in quotes and now the the children have have ascended to that throne i think that's pretty damn brilliant to 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 uh knock the mutants down a whole bunch of pegs and just uh reposition these these children in that slot I mean, it's neat. But the thing that I had a giggle at um, was there's a montage in the beginning of the book where all of these threats befall the planet. And the first one, straight out of the gate, this Atomo 82 single-handedly eradicates the Marvel zombies. Just, just takes them right out. Like, as a threat, the Marvel zombies, on a scale of 1 to 10... I think the uh, the Marvel zombies are about a 10 on the threat scale, right? I mean, because the contagion just spreads so easily. This guy just, boom, knocks them out in like, what, four panels? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, then they, they beat down the, the Shi'ar uh, invasion. The uh, Shumagorath pops up. <laughs> One of the great old ones. Uh, here's a, a little uh, question. First appearance of Shumagorath. Do you guys know? No, no, I don't. Marvel premiere number nine by Engelhart and Bruner. Yes. Mm-hmm. And they bitch slap my man Terax. Yep. My second favorite Herald of Galactus. They bitch mm-hmm. slap him because he was trying to set him up, uh, set himself up as a new god, which is a very curious choice of words. Um, and they just like, boom, Terax is gone. Terax is freaking tough. So, yes, I get it. The children are very, very strong. And uh, they're just going around just tamping out fires, which is great. Uh, then another insight into the the strife behind the scenes with the children. The, the, you know, it's not all uh, peaches and cream within the ranks because you have the traditionalists, of which uh, Capitan is one, who just wants to raise the planet, kill all of humanity, and just, you know, start over. And then there's the evolution, elevationists, with mm-hmm. with Serafina, who want to take a more progressive approach to dealing with humanity. I just I think the book is phenomenal. And Cable, like greatest mutant ever, is at the forefront of this thing. It's fun. Like I don't I you know it's I go in in phases, <laughs> right? Where I'll I'll pull away from the X books because you know there's there's a downtrend, but then. Sometimes I'll check them out and it's like all the books are clicking. And this book is the one at the top of the, the list that's really working for me. Like I think it was a very steep price to pay, jettisoning the, the Hickman stuff. But I'm not saying this book makes it all worth it. But this is a nice little salve on that still open wound, right? You sold me. It's really uh, yeah. good. It's very yeah. good. Well, that that Chalo carry stuff when when this came out, I just had completely forgotten about him. Uh, but this sounds great. I'll tell you why I did not know it existed is because that logo is so terrible that uh, mm-hmm. if I saw it in a comic store, I would just keep looking. I got a real ongoing beef with the the graphic designers at Marvel. 
I don't love them. Uh, but but the book sounds great. I'll pick it up and I'll just not read it in public. Well, and, and Vince, you took the cover off. One of the coolest things about the book is Atomo because it's obviously Atomo eighty two. It's a it's a it is a basically it's what if Akira was was in was in the Marvel universe right and cool. right and the name too right I mean, that's what I mean the name is a, a direct right homage to tip Akira, of the hat so yeah. yeah but just to take out the Super Guardians oh yeah we we eradicated all the the Shi'ar that were that were here we just got rid of them like what and we we got rid of a Lovecraftian cosmic uh, old one yeah no big deal. The uh, the I, I enjoyed the second issue because you get you, you I mean for anybody interested in seeing Bishop in action in air quotes how he infiltrates the the compound to get to the weapons but um, you also have Cable playing interrogator and it just I I don't know if the timing was just right because the past few episodes as as we got near the end of the foundation season finale like there were there were parts of it especially with cable where just it the the mind tricks and and just how everything was presented and 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 the reveals um reminded me of some of the sleight of hand i saw this season but it i i like the second issue a lot the first issue was fun because it, it set everything up and 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 gave you a sense of what to expect but uh now that we're past that and Cable and, and Bishop are moving forward with their plan, uh, and, and we're seeing some more conversations between the children. Um, um, as where I felt at the end of the first issue, and I was like, yeah, no, I'm going to check out the second issue and see where it goes. Now I'm 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 more in now with this issue to see where we're going than I was last month. Nice, nice. I mean, well, I, I was locked in, but you Tony, yes. Tony uh, Cable is um, plundering the mind of this this uh, vault member that they captured called Martillo. I like this character because he's very sensitive to the arts, right? He <laughs> he's outside of a club and there's people dancing and they're living it up and having a good time, and he's listening to the music and he's he's because dancing in, in, is forbidden. It, you know, with the children, that's that's not uh, a productive uh, thing to do. And he's just he, he's feeling some kind of way looking at all these humans enjoying themselves. But the bishop and, and Cable get him, and Cable's trying to 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 crack open that mind, and he's struggling and he's struggling. And there's a metaphorical battle going on in addition to Cable sitting there in a chair just talking to this this character. Um, he cable fights this giant, and you're like, what's what is happening? And it, it, it's it's a symbolic battle. He's trying to crack this guy's brain and get into his secrets, and he does. But I mean, when you first encounter this this second tier narrative thing that's going on while Cable is having a conversation with this guy, you don't know like what is what is this thing that's going on like did this happen before the incident did it happen after the incident no it's simultaneous and it's awesome and it's not telegraphed it's not there's no um you know editors note like this is a battle in the land on the mindscape of you know they don't spoon feed you at all unless someone's speaking in a different language then there's like 137,000 editors notes 
you know, translated from the Chinese, translated from, like, they, they're very quick to tell you that the thing in the brackets is not the English language. Like, thank you. I think yeah. we're, we're attuned to that by now. But anyway, <laughs> it, this is a really good book, a very good book. Yeah. Oh, look, I'm going to give it a shot. I have not read a Dennis Camp. Uh, I didn't read 20th Century Men, so I'll have to check this out. I'm with you on the logo, too. It's very 90s. 20th century. Mm. Oh, it's very indie, yeah. yeah. No, the Children of the Vault logo. I, I, I'm not a fan of it either. You say 90s, and I, I take that personally. I, graphic I, design in the 90s, not comics in the 90s. Like desktop publishing graphic design? Like that Yes. Like wing bats and stuff? Yeah. <laughs> wing bats. Yeah, nice. <laughs> I got installed yeah, this wing bat font. This is great. Yeah. I downloaded it off the LimeWire. It's great. <laughs> All right. What else? I got a shit ton of books to talk about. Dude, same, same. I got to say, it's uh, it's been nice to, after a, a slog of a few few months where I was like, man, comics is a struggle. Uh, it's been nice. A lot of stuff's been hitting lately. But nothing has hit recently like, and I see it's on Daps list too, so I'm hoping he's feeling it too. But Rare Flavors number one came out. There we go. Oh. And... This was a highly anticipated. Well, you're about to find out. This was a highly anticipated book because it is the same creative team that gave us the many deaths of Layla Starr, uh, aka Jono's book he wants to be buried with. Um, but no, I mean, but but many deaths of Layla Starr was an absolute triumph. And so when this crew was getting back together, it's Ram V on the writing, Felipe Andrade, and uh, and World Design is the uh, the letter. Um, but when they were getting back together. For this book, I thought, no-brainer just because of the creative team, for sure. Um, but they're playing in the same the same waters that they played with at Many Deaths of the Star in that Ram is taking aspects of, um, of, of Hindu polytheistic lore and telling really compelling, very human modern stories with it. And this book is a miniseries that centers around a, um, and I don't know if I'm saying this right, Rakshasa, it's R-A-K-S-H-A-S-A, it's basically an Indian demon, uh, named Ruben Baksh, and he is walking the earth. He kind of looks, in the book, he's he's a very robust guy, looks kind of like uh, the Shadow King, right? Like Emil Farouk, that's kind of what he looks yeah. like. He's wearing sunglasses inside, he's got a suit, he's, he's got a top hat, he look, you know, he's a pretty, pretty dope looking dude. And we're introduced to him at an, at an art museum, and he's looking at this giant mural of himself, of, 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 of a painting of, of him as a demon being uh, attacked by a famous uh, hero of, of, of Indian history. And he is – now, we know he's a demon, but, like, he doesn't really act like a demon. He, we see his inner narrative as, 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 the, as, you know, thought bubbles, and he's on a quest, essentially, uh, to – experience and chronicle the very best of Indian cuisine and not like haughty toddy Michelin star cuisine, but like just the roots, like the core, like the best examples. And he even references in this first issue that he he's, he was inspired by Anthony Bourdain. He wants to, mm-hmm. you know, which, so again, if you're like a foodie like that, and I feel like that fit like that, that's like that, like hits you at the heart. Cause like, you, you know, immediately if you're familiar with Anthony Bourdain, rest in peace, you knew, you know exactly what, the vibe of this is going to be then because Anthony was about experiencing the world and its culture through food, but very much more than just food. And he's going on this journey, but he wants to find someone to help him chronicle his, his journey uh, through Mumbai. And so he 
sets up a meeting with a young documentarian. And the documentarian is actually at this point when they meet, uh, has given up on his filmmaking dreams because he's been pretty much of a failure and he, he's, he's just, he's dejected and, and, and disenfranchised. And, um, Ruben box, the, the character, the demon in question is like, no, I mean, I'll, you know, I'll make it worth your while. I want you to do it here. And they kind of have a back and forth and that kind of sets the narrative structure of the book. And, Ruben says, well, let me, I'm just a great, he's like, I'm a great storyteller. I love food. I'm a great storyteller. Let me tell you a story. And he tells you a story. And then in the middle of this comic, this first issue is this interstitial all about a gentleman who has a chai tea recipe that he learned from his grandmother. And, uh, and it's like this meticulous undertaking of his learning about chai tea and the making of it and how it was the best chai tea around. And he tells this story and it's like, it's seemingly an interstitial unrelated per se, other than him telling the story, almost like a thousand and one Arabian nights kind of a thing. And they go back and forth. And yet there's this undercurrent of like, well, what is this about? Why is Ruben, this demon care about human food in this way? And if you know anything about, uh, Rakshasas, they're, they're basically, they're, they're human eaters. They're demons that eat humans. So if you knew that you're like, okay, there's something at play here. And that unfolds. And he's trying to get Mo, who's the documentarian to sign on. And Mo's reluctant, but, you know, they go back and forth. I'll leave it to you to figure out if, if he signs them on or not. Um, but it was just incredible. I mean, there's so many layers to this. And as a lover of food and like the journey of it, like that definitely played a role here because it's clear that at least whether I don't know if Ram is is just generally a foodie or if he, he really went deep into that culture for this story. But man, oh, man, it just there was such a meticulousness to the way he described the food and the passion that he put behind it. Uh, I was just completely enraptured with the whole thing. And Andrade is an incredible storyteller and the visuals here are just on point from start to finish. And I just can't wait to see how this whole, and I have to say there's lots of questions left. I mean, this, this first issue gives us more questions and answers, but I mean, I'm here for that because Layla Starr did the exact same thing. And at the end, it wrapped it up beautifully with a bow and, and, and then some, so I have no doubt they'll do it again this time. And this was an absolute home run. And Dap, I hope you completely agree with me. <laughs> I, uh, I I am one of the few fools on the Slack who hasn't read Lay of the Star. Um, so this is my first experience with this creative team. Um, it's a beautiful book. It's it, it. I I I couldn't stop reading it i i just i started during lunch got back to work late i just i i couldn't put it down i i i, I saw the bourdain thing which made me chuckle because i'm in i'm when i'm futzing around in the kitchen i'm i'm either watching the reservations or, or parts unknown just because i've haven't seen many of those episodes from either series so i'm just watching those at the same time but um yeah i i thought this was a and then you made me chuckle because uh, I'm thinking about Across the Spider-Verse when Miles is telling um, <laughs> Spider-Man India that, uh, oh yeah, I like chai tea. He's like, it's not chai tea, you just say chai. It's like, you don't, because it, it, it's what it means, but it was, the, the seeing the whole, watching the, um, the breakdown of how to prepare the masala chai and then listening, reading the story of this man and his grandmother's recipe and, and owning the stalls and then the pandemic hit and it. I, I was completely 
enamored by by this story. I, mm-hmm. I I couldn't look away. I cannot wait for the second issue. I'm already dreading the series as it continues because the last page I think kind of yeah, gives yeah. some things away. So I'm for just sure. like, and and I don't know if that's if if that's a trick they did in their previous series, but it's just yeah. I mean, there's so much in here that. Um, Almost on every page is something that's going to hook you to keep you reading and and uh, the series, not just continue through this issue. But I mean, to find out where the hell the story is going, there's there's so much in here to uh, to just kind of take you along for the ride. Uh, I I yeah, I'm I'm totally in. I I'm I loved it. I thought uh, I don't know. Oh, it it may. It may be the best thing I read this week, um, but yeah, I, I I absolutely had a uh, had a blast with it. I, I think it's great. I think whether you're a, a, a foodie or gourmand or just enjoy well done comics, I think everybody should check this out. Hell yeah! I I, I know that anytime there's a comic about food, you and I are going to overlap and like it. Yes, I hopefully we'll definitely like. I mean, we'll definitely both check it out. And yeah. We'll see where it goes, but I mean, yeah, I mean, we've read Star, we've read, uh, yeah, I mean, there's so much that we've we've read over the years. Yeah, there was the one I can't think of the name right now, which is a shame. But the one where the graphic, the one about the brother who discovers the 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 plants, then he opens up the restaurant and goes crazy. Remember that one? Um, yes. Yeah. What the hell was that called? Uh, damn, I can't remember it right now. But we both loved it. Shit. <sighs> oh well. But anyway, we're it's an aside, but yes. So good. I got the, it. I just had not read it. It's, it's oh. one of the ones that I got home from the shop, and I was like, "I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna rush through that." The delicacy. Yes, thank you. Yes, mm-hmm. and there was Brian Lee O'Malley seconds, which I enjoyed. Which is, I enjoyed that much more than I enjoyed his better known work. So yeah, no, I'm I'm a fan of the the food comics work for me. Yeah, I'm still I mean, for thirds. What's that fucking guy doing? What's that? So I'm still out here waiting for thirds. What's he doing? Ten years. Uh-huh. Ago. Uh-huh. And even the um uh to to eat to drink, the uh the those oversized books that Oni puts out from the French dude, those are those are I mean they're not sequential storytelling like what the other books we've mentioned, but it's still just um Yeah, I, I it's it's weird I mean, yeah, obviously comics can be used to tell all sorts of different stories, but but it is neat when uh when you're um when your hobbies or your interests tend to yeah. uh, overlap like that, uh, I decided to give a number one a shot. I think this came out last week or week before. Batman and Robin by uh, Joshua Williamson and uh, Simona DeMeo. Of course, um, they only uh, lose when they're dead. Uh, the illustrator for that story, series. Um, this was I it's you know it's it's got the whole dawn of DC the banner on the cover uh I I wanted to I read it because I wanted to check out the art because I really really do like the male's work but uh this is um obviously some things have changed in in Bruce's life and uh he and um Damien are basically it's kind of like a brownstone that, that that they're living in they don't have the mansion they don't have uh, the cave uh, because I guess there's things going on between Bruce and Selena. Um, but, uh, Damien isn't too thrilled because Bruce is actually, um, 
has uh, enrolled him in a uh, in, in high school, even though, you know, Damien's like, this is I, anything. I'm smarter than anybody in that school, even the teachers, no matter what they're going to teach me. But 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 Bruce is like, no, you're and, and at first Damien's like, oh, this is great because I've got so many like, you know, identities and 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 undercover guys as i want to use and 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 bruce is like no dude you're you're going as the son of bruce wayne damien wayne you're going to school and uh and and yeah i'm i'm with bruce here because listen you know i want you to kind of just be more well-rounded and be around the kids your age and and uh you know understand kind of what that so-called normal life could be like it and and uh you know the <laughs> you grew up with the league of assassins it's kind of you know maybe get the the other side of that but there's um there's definitely uh some other things going on the the the, the issue starts off with um with batman and robin um taking out the white rabbit and her goons um and the issue wraps up more or less with a uh, confrontation with the um, with the terrible trio, and they're really not. Uh, the trio we're we're familiar with, and uh, it's Manbats also involved in this uh, in this robbery. Um, so things really don't go the way our heroes had intended. Um, someone actually fires a shot in Batman's direction. Um, and the pellet actually hit Batman and he breathed it in. It's not poison, but he's saying it's something else. Um, and, uh, and then all of a sudden, all of these bats start appearing and, and flying towards them. And they're, um, and they're heading right towards Batman um, in attack mode, and and that's that's how the first issue ends with a hell of a cliffhanger. But um, it's a beautiful looking book. I, I I'll probably check out an issue here or there. I don't know if it's something I'll I'll be back for next month to see how Batman gets out of this predicament. But um, you know, I it's it's. Aside from Super Sons, it's kind of like the most Damien I've read in a minute, and uh, and 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 I wasn't annoyed. I I really I, I kind of just I just sat back and just saw where this was going. And and as far as the first issue and and setting up a new kind of I don't know if status quo is the right word, but this is you know this is where Bruce and Damien are going to be, and 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 uh, and we'll see what they might have to deal with when they don the the capes and the cowl, but as far as father and son, uh, that, that's kind of what I'm, I was, I was kind of grooving to that in the middle section of, uh, of the issue. But yeah, I, um, I, I, I dug it. I mean, I'm not, I, I, I can't say I loved it. Like, you know, Austin loves it, but it's still <laughs> it. Uh, but then again, it's a Batman book and I don't think anybody can love anything related to Batman as much as, uh, Austin does, but uh, no, this was this was pretty cool. It was uh, it was just it was a it was a first issue. I felt like trying. Glad I did. Definitely didn't uh, feel like a waste of time at all. I think uh, I, Williamson can write some stories. We know that, but yeah, for for me, it was the 
the art was the the selling point in this one. But yeah, if if uh, if you're in the mood for it, definitely check it out. Be an R, baby. Tony. Yes. You read Remender Sacrificers yet? No, I got the free comic book day, and then I haven't picked up the the new issues. Do we love it? Uh, well, I only could speak for myself, but I I think it's great. Yeah, it's very slow burn though, extremely slow. Oh yeah, this is gonna be a long one. Yeah, um, for those of you who don't know, written by Rick Remender, illustrated by Max Fiumara, with uh, Dave McCaig is doing the color art. Second issue. Uh, picks up right after the first one. Um, Pigeon Boy is still being dragged to wherever the uh, the f- sacrificial people are being taken by this character, the foreman of the harvest. Really cool looking character. Um, but the nice part about this issue was we're given more insight into what's going on in this world. Like there are multiple races, human, bird, reptile, and and Jason, did you read this issue? I haven't read two yet, actually, no. Um, There's anthropomorphic whales. Oh, shit. Yes. Damn it. But, so I won't say... Well, there's not really much to reveal about the, the, the story in the second issue. It, there, it's just a, another dragging these poor souls to wherever they're, they're, they're uh, being taken. And you get to see a nice little cross-section of of the the races i i didn't think it was uh, a coincidence that the humans are greedy violent jealous assholes right and um oddly enough like the way he's drawn pigeon boy doesn't look too intelligent or at least mm-hmm. he at least he didn't but i have to say he's the wisest character in this book there the whales are enlightened so to speak they they preach patience and and you know unity and all this stuff and uh, pigeon boy is just like he th- there's a scene at where they're they're being they're being fed uh, or they're, they're eating and um th- like i said the humans are are brutal just uh savages uh, no time or or inclination for any race other than their own i mean it's typical right and the uh, pigeon boys just like, what are you guys doing? Like, let's just stop. Like, stop fighting. We don't know where we're going. See, that's the thing. As in our real world, all of the individual races think they have it all figured out. Mm-hmm. Like, they know where they're going. They know what their 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 fates are going to be, or, or in some cases, rewards are going to be. And pigeon boys like you, you don't know where we're going. You don't have it all figured out. It, but it, I, I just thought it was a neat little insight by Remender into the current state of things, so to speak, that there are many of us that do believe that they have it all figured out and their way is the only way. And they, they preach their way to other people who may or may not subscribe to that magazine, right? And it's just, it, I, there, I think there's there's a lot more going on here than a bunch of different races being taken for whatever. Like Remender saying something in this book, and I thought it was really, really well done. Uh, Fuimara is uh, an absolute monster. Yep. He is. Oh God, yeah. He tears up every page. Like every page is gorgeous. Um, I mean, I'm a, I've been a fan since the, the Hellboy stuff or the Ape Sapien stuff. So always on my radar. But I think this is again whatever Remender 
feeds his artists. Like, I don't want to say uh, Max leveled up, but I think this stuff looks even better than the, the Abe Sapien stuff, and which was gorgeous. But I, Remender has that, that knack for just pulling the, the best out of his, his you know, co-creators. And this is just more of the same. Loved it. Loved it a lot. I like it a lot. Yeah. I thought the first issue was very heavy on the cosmology of what's going on in this world. This was more the same, but it wasn't as talky, uh, you know, as, as the first issue, it was more uh show don't tell kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I liked it. I liked it a lot. Nice. Ditto. Yeah. But Tony, you got to read it. I definitely will. Like I said, I, I read the free comic book day and then I just, I think it came out and I sort of missed that it was coming out. It looks beautiful. You're right. That Rick Remender really, uh, he pulls something out of artists. They really, it's like they want to impress him or something. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, I pushed through the scumbag. Um, I did, not my favorite thing he's ever done. But, man, those, those artists were, like, knocking it out of the park every issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That really had the most beautiful diarrhea in it. <laughs> what, what's not beautiful about diarrhea? It's just so well drawn. And, like, it was in motion, you know. Wow. Yeah, it's nuts. Speaking of diarrhea, um, <laughs> wow. this is a little aside. I was watching this, on Reddit. There's this video. This this poor soul go is is at a. Uh, it looks like he's at a phone store, and um, you don't see him enter. So he may have been in there for a, who knows how long, right? And he's walking back and forth and back and forth. And the person at the counter is doing their thing, and he's walking back and forth, and he's pretending to look at the phones. And he, so he walks up to the counter, and I guess the woman behind the counter was talking to him, and the dude just unleashes this river of shit down his leg on his feet right and so the woman's still talking to him so he's he's walking in his own crap and he's dragging it <laughs> he's dragging it down and i'm like how many of us have dreaded that situation like we're human right that shit kind of happens literally right but there's somebody got it on security they they took the security tapes and it's just like i said, I said why am i watching this <laughs> it's just yeah. you can't look away <laughs> The poor guy, though. I mean, I felt so bad for him because we've all been there, right? No front. We've all been in situations like that. Not not where you drop one on the floor, but I'm just saying, like, almost. Like, there have been some, but whatever. This is a comic show. But, yeah, you just, we said diarrhea, and that just triggered that to me because that's, mm-hmm. that's what it was. By the way, Vince, Max, Max and his brother Sebastian will be at New York Comic Con. Awesome. We'll have to throw a couple back with them. Mm. Well, maybe, yeah. You never know. You never know. Tony, uh, so what, what have you read, Tony? Let me hear. Uh, did we read Wonder Woman number one? Uh, yes, sir. Let's talk yes. about it. I mean, Vince didn't because Vince is... It, no, Vince he's, is... He's a, Vince sorry. is a misogynist, but... Vince is not going to read that. <laughs> but, so. but Dapp and I did, yes. I mean, Vince is going to... I mean, if I, I, I worry about the, the creators of this book because of misogynists. Like, this, the, this thing is... There's a certain online... DC Comics fan that really does think that there's a war on men. Uh, and oh, it, I think I think Tom played to that. Like he he he, that was his, that was by design, right? Like he's playing to that. Yeah, yeah. The, what'd, the, you th- what'd you think of it? Uh, I thought it was good. Like it really, like it set up the the tone of the thing. I really wish I hadn't seen the 
the Wonder Woman pages as the preview because they they put those out months ago. I feel like yeah, yeah. The whole time I'm reading the issue, and then once they get to the snowy graveyard, I'm like, oh right, I know what's happening here. Yeah. So I was kind of bummed about that, but uh, as like a slow burn lead up to this story and sort of like set the, uh, it's a great first issue. Can you hear my dog just chewing on this? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Let me take care of this. Hold on a second. <laughs> you, uh, you talk about it for a minute. I'm gonna make him sad. I mean, um, this was basically Amazon's attack for the new millennium, right? I mean, essentially. Um, only we're seeing the aftermath, which is that an Amazonian, presumed a presumed Amazonian, a blonde, six foot four, super tough looking woman, uh, goes into a bar and kills, I believe, nineteen men. Right? Nineteen? Yes. 19, seventeen or nineteen? It was either seventeen or nineteen, but kills a shit ton of men and leaves the women alive and. Uh, apparently that one, apparently in a world where there are crises and gods and a million superpowers, apparently that one act was enough to declare Amazon's uh, not okay to be on U.S. soil. Uh, that so uh, a little issue with that, but but we'll well, I guess we'll go with it because it's comics. But that incident um, leads to a presidential ban on Amazon's being in the uh, Amazonians being on our soil, and so we get Sergeant Steele who is brought in to lead a task force of military, uh, you know, cyber armored soldiers to go and enforce that rule and round up all of the Amazonians living on U S soil and getting them to go back to Themyscira. Um, and they are heavy handed to say the least in their methodology to the point where, uh, they are not above killing, uh, the women if they, Put up any kind of uh, protest, and as a result, that invites uh, the most famous Amazon Amazonian to say, "Fuck all this! I have been here. I am worthy of being here. I have saved this. You know, I have been in this country forever. I have saved this country a million times, and I'm not leaving." And uh, that kind of sets up the structure of, I guess, at least the first arc or two of the series. Um, I thought Daniel St. Pierre's art was awesome. I, I. I know he did a long run on um, Batman, but I didn't read a lot of that. So I don't know that I've seen many issues of Sam Pierce art before, um, but I thought the art looked phenomenal. So, uh, yeah, I'm here for it. I mean, um, you know, admittedly, I thought the setup was a little bit, you know, like not deus ex machina, but a little convenient. Like it seemed like we really had to go from zero to a thousand because of that one incident. But um, but nevertheless, I'm OK with the idea of a story about I mean, this is basically Tom's play on on immigrants and immigration and the government's, you know, continued um, policy to make immigration very difficult, if not impossible. Um, So, you know, certainly I I am sympathetic to the message and I'm sure we're going to get some pretty dynamic fights along the way, you know. But uh, but what do you think that I I think Sam Pierre better here than he did uh at the start of the um uh pkj's superman that's run. where i saw him most recently okay yeah that's where i saw him most recently. Yeah. uh the art's great and and tom is definitely telling a story i i think though just right now i am not maybe in the right headspace for a story like this i it 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 it, because yes it is it's it's timely it's topical whatever you want to call it um but i it's 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 one of those stories where 
I kind of get enough of this away from comics. And while it is sure. obviously exaggerated because it's fitting in, in the comics world, it is still um, ripped from today's headlines. I, I've I've never seen Sarge Steel this much of a dick. Yeah, yeah that's I was going to ask because obviously I don't have as much DC history as y'all, and I didn't know if Sarge Steel was always. The, I mean, this guy's a straight up asshole. Like, yeah, he is. like 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 way like worse. Ripping than, babies from their mothers type. Yeah, of asshole. and like with like pleasure, like with like, yes, and 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 even like, and I probably by design. Tommy, the point of view in saying that like. Steel compares himself to Amanda Waller and considers her like a pussy. Like so, mm-hmm. like yeah, so yeah. Uh, so that, that, that took a little getting used to, and obviously I do want to see him get his comeuppance and, mm-hmm. and, you know, to, to a degree he kind of does in this first issue. Um, but I also, it, it's, I mean, it was like pretty much more than half the book before we finally see our titular heroine, um, which again, you know, we all know what Wonder Woman looks like, who she is. It's, we don't need her to be on page one. But it definitely took a minute for us to get. And then, obviously, when she shows up, kicks ass, and 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 everybody definitely um, gets what they deserve. And 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 again, you know, he's he's such a, a prickly Republican type. He's like, oh no, no, we weren't shooting at you first. You you attacked us. It's like, dude, I I and I just I I just, <laughs> I I I cannot stand bullies and obviously you know here here he is right on on the page and it's just you know eddie eddie calls wonder woman a bitch and she's just like dude that's not a word you want to use around i just he he really amped up stealing this and um and yeah and and it's and then i i think the uh the reveal if you want to call it with uh with the big bad and and what they have in their possession i'm interested in that tom Tom kind of hooked me with that, so I, I, I want to see where we're going with that. But no, the art's great. Daniel's a fantastic artist, um, and uh, and and it's Tom having a go with Wonder Woman. So it should um, it should because he, he does like to kind of uh, mess around with things happening to a degree in the real world. Um, it's uh, it's it should be for. It, it it should make for an interesting ride. Maybe not a completely fun ride, but it should be interesting. So I'll definitely be here for, for the next issue to see where we're going. Uh but yeah, I I like in the first issue, I I thought it did a really good job getting you ready for uh for what's to come. I uh it felt a lot to me like the first issue of um Civil War. You know, like the yeah, big yeah. national news headline and it's and then we're gonna outlaw this superhero. Yeah, stories about them sort of coming back from, you know, sh- showing the world why we need a Wonder Woman. Um, but and I almost I, like I think I could keep reading it, but I definitely did feel that sort of tinge of, like where where I'm just like, is, do I have the news on? You know, like this right. The character was so yeah. well on the shitheads that he wrote were such great shitheads that you're just like, is this? Am I just watching TV now? Um, <laughs> But well, then I for, also think about like if you're writing drama and you're writing something that takes place now, like how long are you supposed to wait before you start? You know, mm-hmm. like I'm not going to think Doctor Doom's the biggest shithead ever to try and run a country if if there's real life shit going on. You know? Yeah, I mean, Tom, we've had Tom on the show many times, and he I know has said that um, he often, and it's not like this is a big secret. You can see in the work he he often works his 
stresses and neuroses and fears out in his yeah. books. I mean, that is right. And he said it's he's he's covered fatherhood and PTSD and all all the things that he's had to deal with. And 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 I I think clearly he's understandably now to your you know you guys bring up a good point. I mean, this is one of those. It is it is interesting because this is being billed as. Tom King is certainly one of DC's top writers, and this is being billed by DC's like, oh man, you guys have, you've always wanted it. Here's Tom King going to take his 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 his, his uh, you know his pass at Wonder Woman. It is a book though where I have to think, I don't know where the lines are delineated demographically in Big Two Comics, but you guys are right to say like as I was reading this, I thought, well, a bunch of us are going to be fine with this and a bunch of people are going to be like fuck this guy right because like it's probably along political lines right like if you're if you're if you're left-leaning you probably like well so you certainly agree with the messaging you you guys it sounds like probably it's too close to home but at least you don't like but it may be too close to him for to continue it on with but you agree with the underlying point he's making whereas there's a plenty of people that buy dc comics right that are going to read this and be like oh hell no like like who do believe that like the the what American white man is being relegated yep. to right, and so they're going to be like f Tom King, f this, you know, right? So it's going to be interesting. I mean, I will give him, I do give him credit because he does not suffer fools. Like he, he's a super smart guy, right? He's a former CIA analyst. Like he 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 knows. Like this issue clearly says bring it right like he's he's inviting this controversy like this yeah. is not this is not like he's going to be caught unawares this is a if you have a problem with this book i like bring it because this is what this book's about i I, pr- I appreciate that right like i very much applaud the balls but where I, that fits with like dc and this dc editorial <laughs> and the circulation department appreciate it well, well i guess we'll find out i don't think it's too close for me to keep for, like i'm gonna keep reading i'm gonna read the next one for sure i just felt the tinge when i was i was just like hey you know like that's, that's <laughs> well I, I i don't know if you were tending to your dog when i said this i said that the only the only criticism i'll give of it is i thought that the um the catalyst for this uh banning of the amazons was i thought a little weak right like like yes there's a, a presumably an amazon woman kills 19 guys at a bar but like that alone gets every like that leads to a presidential ban, right? Like that that seems. I could say. I mean, I guess it would depend on who's president, right? I don't know. Though I mean, who, uh... sadly, we have lots of examples in our country every year of mass killings, and I don't know that they've ever led to any real substantive change, right? I don't. Yeah, but there's not an Amazonian lobby, you know. Like, there's no money being. But made. there would be in the DC universe, though. But like what? But like for guns, there's a profit motive, right? There's not for for superhero ladies, right? Is there? I don't well, know. I'm saying in the DC universe, I would think there would be, right? Like they'd be a powerful country with with influence, right? I mean, I, I would think, uh, but but maybe not. I don't know. I mean, yeah. we don't have like we. I guess Trump tried a Muslim ban, and it didn't, it, fortunately, the courts didn't hold it up. So I guess maybe that's the that's the uh, the I guess that's the composite, right? Yeah, I think you know you could do a a, a presidential. Uh, what do they call them? They, they don't fucking do them anymore when Joe Biden's in office. Executive orders. <laughs> yeah, he used to do executive orders all day long. That guy. Uh, but yeah, oh, there was a meme for it, right? Trump holding up the open, yeah, yeah, big giant, yeah, yeah, big yeah, giant like leather, the leather like uh, menu, and it was like executive order of the day. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I like this thing, and I I definitely like the part 
uh, I think David pointed out when he was talking about where the guy was like, we didn't shoot first. Just the <laughs> dealing with somebody just lying, like, without, yeah, you know, and with the lasso of truth and, like, truth being a part of the Wonder Woman story. And then the, the last page twist, like, obviously truth and lies are going to be a big yep. part of this. And I think that ties right in with all that stuff, too. So I'm, I'm interested to see how, how this it... This is going to sound like it, like, like... Like it's not connected, but but just follow me for a second. Um, and I know this isn't new news, but like I was really stunned today with, with I'm sure we've all had, depending on your interest, examples of this. But today I was confronted with that reality, which we see all too often now, of how there is almost no truth objectively on the internet anymore. Because y'all know I'm a big NFL fan. The NFL, uh, the the Chicago Bears defensive coordinator, um, resigned from the team, uh, which is very unusual, right. To res- for uh, someone to resign early in, in a season. And, um, then it became clear that, that then the news broke today that he resigned because the FBI raided his home and the bears offices and were accusing him of like all manner of things, including like child pornography or child abuse and stuff. Right. And like this went wild throughout, like, and in my NFL circles, like this was like, Holy shit, this is crazy. Like what a, what a, what an awful story. Well, as of our time of recording, major outlets like ESPN have come out and said that's not true. Like he resigned because of health issues, but his home wasn't raided. Like I don't know where that came from. Like there's no truth to that. But if you were to just to Google, like if you're a past, like if you're kind of like a you know more for like a middling NFL fan, but you hear about this, you're like, I wonder what's going on. And you just Google Allen Williams tonight, and you pull up the news. You know, you just go to Google, you 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 Google his name, and you look it up. Half the articles say. That he was his home was raided by the FBI and he suspected of child you know in, indiscretions against children. The other half are like, no, he resigned because of health reasons and that's all nonsense. But it's like I can't even tell you which is true, right? Like I don't know if I I, I wasn't in, like I don't know for sure. But the point is, is like if you were just someone who was like passively curious about this and you googled it trying to find out the truth, quote unquote, you would be left dumbfounded because there are articles from reputable sites saying. He was basically a child molester, and his FBI came to his home. And there are other articles saying, no, that's patently untrue. So, like, and that's just, like, an NFL, a random NFL news story. Like, like that's the world we live in now. Like, you just don't you, – you, if you go to the internet trying to find out, like, for yourself, like, well, let me figure out what's the truth. You do not know the truth. You cannot – like, it, it is very hard to figure out the truth. Uh, it's going to get crazier too. The AI and the oh, it's a hundred percent crazy. hundred yeah, thousand percent crazy. It's going to be bananas. Yeah. So yeah, wonderful. I know that seems like an aside, but I do think that's at the heart of what Tom's getting at here, right? Like you're right, like that because the lasso is supposed to be the lasso of truth, but like truth is in in 2023, truth is obje- what, is subjective. What you believe, yeah, yeah, it is so subjective, which is ridiculous, but that's where we are. And I think that's the message. But yeah, the cur- the curiosity is, will that message resonate in a you know, a Trinity book. Right. Well, I mean, I think truth being built into the character, like it is that it's like I was saying, like how long do you wait for before it's not just ripped from the headlines? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I got to say the other thing about this book I really loved is it's a super violent book. Yeah. Like, yeah. like for, for wonder woman, number one, it is, it is a book that's there. There are plenty of bloodshed and murder and death. Like it's like, it really did take me aback because I don't. This isn't Black Label, right? Like this is DC proper, right? This is. Yep. Yeah. So I, I was surprised. I was surprised by that. 
I was a little sh- I'm like the whole time I'm reading it. Like I, I met Tom uh, for real at Baltimore just uh, last week or the week before. I, I'd only sort of like met him in passing before. I was on here with him, but you know, you guys were talking to him. I'm, I'm just I hang back when that sort of thing happened. Um, and but I think he's a good dude. But the whole time, there's part of me that's going like, it's crazy that two dudes are making Wonder Woman in this in the in the year 2023, and it's the it's like the big launch. And then I'm reading it. And they just kill a woman in front of her daughter. Yep. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, to be clear, they they killed her outside the home. The daughter runs to the other mother and says, "Did you hear that?" And then sees her dead mother. So yeah, but I mean, it's not like she didn't witness the murder, but she did see the aftermath. Right, right, yeah, yeah. But yeah, like the whole time, I'm just like, this is crazy. Like they are really t- taking. They're not uh, restrained at all. No. Yeah. They're really going for it. Yep. Uh, and I don't know. We'll we'll find out how <laughs> how that plays. Definitely. How was how was Baltimore, by the way? Uh, it was uh, the business was a little slow this year. We got to hurry up and get this new book out. Uh, but the <laughs> the um like the community and the like meeting people and like I got to sort of like have face to faces with people I'm working with a bunch of people I'm working with actually. Um, and sort of and just check-ins and like see old friends and stuff like that. That was really nice. It was a great people show. Business could have been a little better, but it wasn't like I didn't lose money. Then also, um, I got family in, in Maryland. I was born out in Baltimore. And so like I do that show, I can oh, go I out. forgot you were a Charm City born and bred. Yeah. I, I, I don't talk about it much because I moved away from there when I was like 10 years old. So I don't have actual, you know, like I can't name streets or neighborhoods that I would hang out in. You know, I can just name the Legos I played with and stuff. <laughs> oh, Vince is back. He's like, oh, you must be done talking about Wonder Woman. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, when I sat in a creek, that was fun. You know, I had beer. That was mm-hmm. good. Baltimore, Baltimore were good. Ate crabs, did all the things. Yeah, some crabs? Nice. Yeah. Really Stone good. crabs? Or what would you have? Uh, I had, uh, I just would get the, the bushels of crabs, you know. I just got a, a bucket full. Went to a place that was a little out out of the way, and I got a bucket full of crabs at the Old Bay, and I just you know set nice. cracked them. Nice. Yeah. Vince, got- regale us with something, buddy. I don't think anybody read this. Well, so I would hope more than one more than you. It wasn't a comic made just for you. No, uh, but I enjoyed it a hell of a lot, and um, maybe a little bit of apologizing to David mm. um, because you know what? I think we were extremely um, deficient in our duties because we have never mentioned the John Romita tribute in all the Marvel books. That's true. We haven't. I mean, I think it was a really we raised the glass, but yeah, we didn't talk about those. Yeah. And while we're at it, let's raise another yeah. glass to Joe Matt. Yeah. All right. Mm, yeah, yes. good point. Yes, absolutely. Yes, hate to bury it within, you know, something yeah. else. But, yeah, um, rest in peace, Joe Matt. Uh, but the Romina uh, tribute is four pages in every Marvel comic, and that is awesome. Uh, I don't think it's enough, but I, I understand from a publishing standpoint, four pages in a comic is a lot of pages. But for many, many, many years – uh, Ramita was the face of Marvel. If if they got a cover in and they thought it needed that Marvel treatment, they gave it to Ramita to fix. Like he was the visual identity of Marvel for a good number of years, and I just think this tribute was nice. It was it was very 
heartfelt and, and well thought out and and full of great images of that John had done. I just I, I appreciate these four pages. That's what I wanted to say. But anyway, um, I have to apologize a little bit to that because when I read who was doing the art chores on this book, I was like, oh, because mm. because <laughs> it, it, it's never he's never been like I I mean I appreciate like I said I appreciate the guy's work. Uh-huh. But he's never been like on that that artist radar. Like, I, oh man, he's done a book. I gotta get it. But I, I'm it, it's Lee Garbett did the art on this. And do it. And I I, I I now know what crow tastes like because this book was <laughs> <laughs> it was it was really nice to look at. Uh, Cy Spurrier wrote it. Matt Miller did the color. It is Uncanny Spider Man number one. Dude, you mocked the shit out of this book when I it did. Visited. I did, but proof is like, in the pudding. You were like, I can't. This is the dumbest thing. Why would they make this? Uh, why would you even make this? Yeah. Is this shows you that if if you give me the information and I can digest it and I deem it worthy, I will. I'm not above telling people that. Yeah, I prejudged and I was wrong. This book was a lot of fun. The thing that got me in the door was Tony Daniel did an amazing I cover. Knew it. Yep. Amazing yep. cover. It is kinetic and it's I love this suit on Kurt. I think it looks great. The tail makes it, right? Um but the, there's a lot of weird stuff going on in this book. Things I did not know. Like Shocker is now um a, a, a corporate entity or something uh, there there are people in the beginning stealing human organs for shocker and they have the 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 like the the padded gold shocker you know costume thing going on and i did not know that shocker was that elevated i just thought him as a two-bit villain right fun but a two-bit. i always thought of it as is as, as two in the pink one of the stink Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. If you want to get like lowbrow, sure. But yeah, because you're above that. Yeah. I That's am. But now there's yeah. there's st- about diarrhea again. They're st- <laughs> they're stealing <laughs> organs, right? So naturally, Kurt as a spider, uh, bamfs in and and stops them. But he's trying to do the Peter witty repartee, and and mm-hmm. failing, you know. Uh, be, and there's a, a, a callback to this later in the book when Peter actually does show up and he's talking to Kurt. He's like, my dude, what's up? Like, I, what's going on? And, long story short, now that mutants are hunted, there's Stark Tech Orcus Sentinels in this book scanning human beings to try and find mutants. Like a, a mutant will emit a pheromone that the, the Sentinels pick up on. So they're, it, I mean, it's just like the the good old days with Sentinels hunting mutants, right? Except now... It's Stark Tech, which is kind of creepy, right? So we're gonna have another Armor Wars. I don't know. Before you, because I, I, I I haven't read it yet. I'm I I barely flipped through it. Um, you mentioned the quips. Does anybody? Does he try to hide his accent? Does anybody say why is Spider Man? Why does he have a tail? No, in in fact, they go out of their way to say what's with the accent. Like, why is he okay. talking? Yes, no, he doesn't try and, and hide it at all. There's a lot of lot of you know German is German inflections and, and words in here. He's Kurt. He's he's not yeah. hiding the fact. Good. Um, yeah, but uh, the Vulture is working with Orcus. The, the Vulture's making hounds. Which I thought was really neat. He's a director, 
and um, he's they're they're trying to get Kurt because there's a there's an incident in the park where the the Sentinel um, scans the humans or the, the the people and detects a mutant, and something whispers in Kurt's ears like no 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 we got this don't worry about it, and the Sentinel's like hmm, guess I was wrong, but. Tombs is not having it. He's like, that looks a lot. It looks and sounds a lot like Nightcrawler. So I'm going to I'm gonna get the beat on him. And he calls somebody in to bring him down. And the person, I won't say it because Dap didn't read it, but the person that they call in, um, I would have thought that they interacted with mutants before. In fact, I'm almost certain of it. But they're kind of acting like I've seen this person in the news in the past and they're cute, but don't really have a whole lot of information on them. And I'm like, wait a minute, this is the Marvel Universe. Everybody has interacted at one point or another. And this character is not a new character. Um, they, they're a longstanding character in the Spider books. So I'm like, mm, this just seems a little little off. But the the thing that was whispering, and it, there's there's a psychodrama going on with Kurt too, because the thing that was whispering in his ear was a bamf, and it's it's uh, like ghostly. They're they're semi transparent and may not really be there. So I don't know where that's going. But I just thought the book was fun. Like I love Kurt. I think Nightcrawler. Yes, you do. Nightcrawler is a great character, and this yes. was. Uh, I didn't think he would fit in, well, in the Spidey suits, but he's... Spandex. Yeah, it's it's really neat. Uh, the the cowl has, or the, the, the head mask has de- uh, elf, like horns. The ears are pointy. They're horned, like the pointy ears, which is neat. It's just, uh, the, visually, I think it works really well. But again, prejudged, uh, judged wrong. So I thought it was a lot of fun. Is it a revolutionary take on superhero comics? No, it's just fun, right? You throw the vulture in, that's great. When did he get techno wings? His wings are all like like circ- like warlock. Yeah, movies, I assume, like circuitry and, and they're jagged and irregular and there's pointy bits hanging out of them. And they look like they're illuminated from within. It's just strange. Um but again, I've been away from the Spidey books for so long that maybe I was. Um, Actually, yeah, it kind of almost looks like Warlock. That's what I'm saying. It looks like Warlock. Yeah, yeah. That um, I'm just starved for anything Spider-Man not connected in regular continuity. Thank so you. it was nice that Peter showed up. Um, another character, very closely, super closely connected to Kurt. Uh, makes an appearance again. I won't spill the beans, but I thought this was a, a lot of fun. Well worth my time, anyway. It's not an ongoing, so no fear. No, this, I would think, yeah. Yeah, it's it's a it's a whatever miniseries, four or five issues or whatever it's going to be. So uh, a dalliance at best, but it's a fun one, right? Good. Yeah, I thought it was awesome. it was cute. Yeah, she. Yeah, I'll read. I'll read anything. Nightcrawler, like whatever. Just put put him, put him, like make him a Hulk. I don't care. I'll read it. Kurt's a great character. Truly is. Yes, he's troubled. He's very troubled because he wants to reclaim his name, but he can't because he's on the run. Mutants are are feared and hunted again. He just wants to do some good. He just wants to make some change, some positive change, David. That's all. 
So I'm he, with him. He puts in, Peter's like, how does the tail thing work? And he's like, ah, whatever, <laughs> never mind. Yeah, it's cute. Real cute. Chances of Jason reading this are probably as high as me reading Wonder Woman. Of Jason not reading this, it probably is as high as me not reading Wonder Woman. Yeah. Um, I would say, yeah. I mean, uh, it's not a priority. That's what I'm saying. It's a mutant book. It may eventually make its way. Yeah, I mean, but it's like, it's a transitional mutant book, right? It's Very much so. Yeah. 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 And it's more of a Spidey book than it is a mutant book. Mm-hmm. But yes, there there are things directly connected to Kurt in it, but there are more things directly connected to Peter in it. Mm-hmm. So, like the Vulture's his villain or one of his villains, and the uh, the person that is, contra- is is brought in to to take take out Kurt is a Spider Man character first and foremost. I think so. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. There it uh, is. Yeah, fun stuff. Fun doesn't stuff. doesn't read like a Sizeburger book though. There's not a. It's not very weighty at all because size. Uh, from what I've read of Sizeburger, not not only the cross stuff, but intense dude right on the page. This is not that. This is just fun. That is uh, the only stuff I've read of his uh, was the Doctor Afra, and that I felt was pretty light. Oh okay. Yeah, maybe this is more of the same. Yeah. Whimsical, whimsical adventure. It it kind well, I mean, there are there's some weight to it because I mean it's not a good situation for the mutants, right? And um you know, stealing human organs is never fun. But yeah, in big picture big picture it's like a swashbuckling. Kurt has a sword too. Love it. Mine got. Yeah, but it, it's not a it's not a physical sword. He he explains it in the book and I don't I don't know exactly. Um where this came from let me get to the page and i'll I'll tell you if if you care i mean if you don't care it's uh doesn't matter but he says that it's a there's like one guy's like hey where'd you get the sword and um he says uh probably not going to find it now but it's this long convoluted explanation that i didn't witness firsthand so i don't have any any frame of reference for it but it's a it's a glowing white sword that he just pulls out of nowhere and you know oh it, probably from 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 uh, ten of swords yeah oh okay no from uh, when they all the fight over the swords oh that makes sense yeah that make that makes a huge lot a huge amount of sense Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fun stuff. I got so you're Mr. Marvel these days, like for real though. What a cycle. No, nah, I'm just in a in a mood to have fun. Like I don't, yep. I nothing. Uh, everything I read doesn't have to, you know, be socially relevant or or, or crack the internet. I just want to enjoy myself, mm-hmm. and and this book did that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nostalgia mm-hmm. is the driving force, Jason. Right. Mm-hmm. This is true. We doing more or what are we wrapping it up? What's going on? Oh, we can do we do more. Let fly. I got something I think is gonna uh, make Vince very happy. Uh, okay, that's why we're here. I had my pile of books here. I was like, this is a pretty Vincey pile here because I had my Ronin, a Vincey pile. He says. I had my uh, Tom Scholey, Jack Kirby, Star Warriors. To a lesser extent, that Stan Lee book. Uh, but at Baltimore Comic Con, I stopped by the Tomorrow's Publishing booth. <gasps> They had a book there that I did not even know existed. It just came out from them. 
Um, <clears throat> it's the best of Simon and Kirby's mainline comics uh, featuring the complete bullseye Western scout. Wow. Uh, so it's Jack Kirby Western comics in this oversized, beautiful hardcover collection. Um, it's from like 1955 Simon and Kirby stuff. Um, uh, I, I obviously haven't read the whole thing, but I've been pouring over it because not only is the artwork beautiful, it's different looking Kirby stuff. Like it's, it's his more grounded stuff, but this Western stuff is just really sharp. Um, but what made me really pull the trigger, because I've skipped, uh, like I don't have the entire, you know, like Jack Kirby archive. Um, I've skipped some of this older, like pre-Marvel stuff. Um, but what made me jump on board for this one was the restorations uh, were done by this guy. Hold on. Uh, Christopher Fama. Vince, do you know this name at all? I've, enc- <laughs> I've encountered it before, yes. With so, a fama? He's the guy that did the restorations <laughs> for this book. Uh, but where I first encountered him was he did the restorations for Young Romance 2. Oh, okay. Right, yeah. So Young Romance 1, they just did scans of the, the comics, Fanographics did, and they republished it. And it was cool. But Young Romance 2 looks like a fucking brand new comic. Like, the paper's great, the colors are great. And uh, it's because this guy, they, on the very back page of Young Romance number 2, there's this about the restoration. And I pulled it out because I just want to give a quick rundown of what they do to these comics. This guy buys Golden Age comics. Presumably he buys them or he has them or he, you know, some, some lunatic lends them to him for his collection. Uh, so they take the original page they soak it in a solution, like in like a, a cooking tray, like a like a tin, you know, and then they heat it to a near boil in a stove in this like liquid solution, and they pull it out with tongs. This page, and now it's like this limp, you know, a hundred year old comic book page, and the color starts to just sort of fade off of it, like it sort of comes off in this solution, um, and so then they air dry it and flatten it. And then they scan it at high res, and it sort of doesn't have any of the, the Bend-Aid dots anymore. It doesn't have any of the color. And then he can scan it and bump the levels a little bit, and you get basically you know, as close to line art as you could get on this stuff. But I just, I'm so fascinated about the idea of this guy chopping up comics. How did he figure it out? You know? How is he just like, all right, here's what i got to do. i got to put comics into a, a paint thinner solution and bake it until it boils. Uh, fascinating to me and me so too. I'm, just, I'm just as uh, uh excited that this guy worked on this comic as i am that jack kirby worked on it i think i'm just like that's so cool this guy's the coolest and <laughs> and it's like hundreds of pages long too so I, I just imagine you know like what is this guy's life like like does he have several stoves running you know is it just, <laughs> <laughs> he's got one of those industrial kitchens you know yeah it looks like breaking bad you know like he's just you know. driving around in an rv <laughs> Yeah, 16 hours making meth, the other eight hours doing comic restoration. <laughs> He's making the best of mainline comics. Uh, does he have a wife? Like, what's his family think about this? I don't, I'm, <laughs> Tony's I'm, writing his whole backstory. I want to. I want to. I am Stan Tom Scholey book about this guy that cooks these pages. <laughs> um, but yeah, this book is beautiful looking. Uh, uh, Eleven Kloskers, if you're out there, uh, give it an order off of the uh, Tomorrow's site. Uh, it's it's really sharp, really beautiful. It contains uh, all the Kirby stuff um, from Charlton Bullseye um, and 
or not Charlton Woods. Yeah, Charlton Woods. It w- went to Charlton after after Mainline. Like Mainline was the company, and they did like five issues, and then Charlton picked up the the comic bullseye after them. But anyway, it's Kirby Western stuff. Uh, really sharp, really beautiful reproduction, and it's uh, probably it's like larger than eight and a half by eleven. It's whatever like a. Know what book to compare it to? Maybe like a Hellboy Library Edition, or like slightly smaller than that. It's nice. a big, very nice. And Simon's on inks, right? Uh, other people are too. Like it's a, it's definitely like a studio job. Hold on, let me look at this credits page here. Interesting. While you're finding that, Mike Royer's my favorite Kirby inker, only because Mike Mike Royer basically just blacked in Kirby's lines. Right, I think it's the most. Royer was the most faithful trans translation of Kirby's pencils, but right. there's something about Simon Ink and Kirby that I don't think you find anywhere else. It, Simon gave Kirby a more organic kind of uh, appearance, where Jack could get a little blocky and a little grotesque. I think, there, and there's a lot of grotesque in Simon's inks, but I think. Um, they complemented and enhanced Jack's pencils, unlike many uh, who have touched them. So I'm yeah. always I'm always down for a Simon Kirby collab. Yeah, it's a lot of Simon here. It's a lot of more Meskin too. Oh, nice. Uh, I, I agree with you that the Simon stuff. I feel like it's sort of uh, it works better on stuff like this. I think than on superhero stuff. Oh like yeah, yeah, yeah. Feels yeah. gritty and and like you know feels like you're in a rocky desert when you're looking yeah. at it. We need more Western comics. Well, I got more Western comics now. I got a whole bunch more. Good for you. What was that? About thirty-five bucks? Uh, I think it was closer to forty-five. 50, Dang. 40, 50 bucks. Nice. Yeah. Well worth it too. I bet. Oh, for sure. Highly recommended. The fine works of Joe Simon, Jack Kirby, and of course, my hero whose name I can't remember. <laughs> the Page Dipper. I, I follow this woman on Instagram, and she's a document restorer. And more often than not, she'll put videos up of, of her restoring um, concert posters, vintage concert you know, posters, which admittedly were printed on a much heavier stock than comics. But she does the same thing. Like, she has this vat of stuff, and she just puts the paper in it. I'm like, the fuck is going on? And she'll, she'll take it out, and she'll hose it off with the, you know, a... a a sprinkle thing and then she puts it back and she's scrubbing it with a sponge and i'm like jesus but when it comes out it looks phenomenal like when she's done with it and she'll do the thing with the heating or the you know uh, like a like a hand dryer type thing not a hair dryer but some kind of drying mechanism and wow you would think like it was printed yesterday i don't know what's in that vat it's probably like something from lords or something given these things eternal life i don't know but they 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 look wonderful when she's done with them, so I I wonder if this guy has videos up. He must if he's Chris Hamill. Yeah, so. I'm gonna search search like, it up. Uh, I wonder if it's like movie blood. You know, like everybody has their own concoction that they like to use. Yeah, because I know they just did. They had to do a similar thing for uh, Cyberforce to like when they just did the Cyberforce omnibus. They had lost all the files. For Cyberforce, so they had to like rescan and recolor it. Oh, is that right? Off, off of the comic books, yeah. Didn't but I don't think they went as far as like the the solution dipping. I think it was probably just more photoshopping and stuff. Yeah, I have a lot more. Um, 
I give situations like that a lot more leeway. When the book was made in the 90s and you lost the files, I can understand that. But contemporary stuff, like whenever, you know, you hear these horror stories about, oh, my files are gone. Like, dude, you're just not backing your shit up. Yeah, you yeah. got back that shit up. Yeah, like back like backing that ass up. But I, I get it when when hard drives back in the nineties were maxed out at like two hundred megs. You know what I mean? Yeah. Three hundred yeah. megs. So yeah, I, I understand. It's sad, but I'm glad that they they rectified it because Cyberforce oh. is the bomb. You want to hear something funny? I don't know where all the stray dogs files are right now, dude. Bro, uh, come on, dude. What we have? Wait, what? Of Here's what happened. Uh, Image has a Dropbox. We have a, a local man Dropbox. Oh my God! There was a stray dog. We're Dropbox. familiar. We we are we have access wow. to the Image Dropbox. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, like, we, <laughs> so we maybe we have the files. Our files True. on our Dropbox. Maybe you guys could get a hold of these for me. We keep all our files on our Dropboxes, but Lee then like, print files. We move them over to the Image Dropbox, and then just the other day, I was like, "Where'd that folder go?" And I guess they just probably, hopefully, moved it to a different archive and didn't just delete it. Oh my god! Mm. Why don't you make that a priority to find that out during for your real nice two week hiatus between having to draw your next <laughs> issue? Yeah, tell them they have until you land in New York to find the files. That's right. <laughs> I lost a file. I lost a job. Uh, I was working on somewhere in the 90s, and I vowed never, ever, because I had to do it over again, obviously. I vowed never, ever to let that happen again. So whatever files I own are on Blu-ray disc. I have backups on like four or five hard drives, redundant backups. Like I, they're the same files are on more than one drive, only mm. because I, I will never, ever lose a file again. It's just not happening. Won't do it. Mm-hmm. I should be your arch- archivist. If yeah, if, I, if it turns out I have lost these files, I'll fly you out here and have you set up a system for me. You be my archivist. Yes, you can be my, my I, Chris Plus or whatever. I would love to do it. Yes. Yeah. Yep. All right, everybody. Hey, thank you for being here with us one more time around. We uh, would love to thank our sponsor, which is Tony. What's our sponsor? Cheap graphic novels dot. Yes, indeed. Remember, you are going to go to their site, cheapgraphicnovels.com. You're going to look around. You're going to say, oh, my goodness, I can save a lot of money here. You're going to order something, not too much. Don't order a whole bunch initially because I have a plan for you. Place an order. You're going to get an email confirmation saying, thank you for shopping at cheapgraphicnovels.com, intelligent person where you saved a whole bunch of money. And you're going to reply to that email message saying, you know what? I would have never known about this glorious place if it wasn't for 11 o'clock comics. And Max is going to pat you on the head and give you uh, free shipping on your next order. And that's when you tank up. It's just common sense. Just do it. Also, if you would be so kind to please check out our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics, audio downloads, video, um, vintage fanzines, page a day. You can get covers of Titanic team ups and other stuff. It's just a whole lot of fun. You can weigh in on the book of the month. You can also join our dedicated Slack channel where we convene each and every day to talk about everything some of it uncomfortable but that's life right so do that uh patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics i don't know if you guys are aware of 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 this but i am completely uh enamored with the from software uh aesthetic i love it so much um elden ring 
350 hours into it. Um, the uh, the Souls games are amazing. I love the look of these things. They're very hard, but um, the look is what drew me into it. And the thing that drew me into it first was Bloodborne. Yes, Bloodborne. So anytime I can get more of that from software goodness, I will leap into it. And uh, Titan Comics uh, publishes a Bloodborne uh, comic, and it's been going on for some time. Uh, interconnected miniseries, right? It was started off with uh, Alesh Coat was at the helm writing. It has since been handed over to the ever-capable hands of Cullen Bunn. But all of the miniseries have been illustrated by Peter, Peter. Peter Kowalski, my dude. Love him so much. Who's color? Brad Simpson. Yeah, that's right. Yes. Um, the, la- the, the previous miniseries was Bloodborne, Lady of the Lanterns, and I talked about that on the show. This picks up right where that left off. Um, if you remember, there was a brother and sister waiting for their father to come home because the, uh, the uh, Yarnum is not in uh, a good state with the Ashen Blood uh, Plague all over the place. So they're waiting for the father to come home. And unfortunately, Vivian, the the young lady, uh, was consumed by the scourge and put down by a hunter, leaving her brother Lucian alone. In comes Gretchen and Abraham, the hunters. And they kind of take Lucian under their wing and because he, 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 he saw his, his father die. So now he wants to eliminate this scourge by becoming a hunter, and he's all gung-ho, and they're like, you are not ready, little man. Um, in this story, uh, miniseries, Lucian goes missing, and it's up to Gretchen and Abraham to retrieve him. Unfortunately, they don't know where he is, and they stumble upon a ritual that had yet to be completed. So what they do is they complete the ritual, and they are taken away and that's where this issue begins with a lot of creature carnage in the uh from software vein and i just think it's amazing uh but when peter kowalski illustrates something it has that extra little oomph that i love so much i will read anything that peter kowalski touches i do have quite a year yeah. He he must be extremely fast because this guy just knocking comics out. We've talked about right. four or five books from him this year. Now yeah. it's possible he was doing them for a few years and they all hit. The yeah, because they're all miniseries, so they yeah, probably still, were. Yes, Agar, but, but um, if if you're uh, also uh, in addition to being a comic fan, if you're also a gamer and you are wise to the uh, from software uh, magic, you're gonna love Bloodborne. Uh, they produce a slipcase. Where you can get, I think it's the fir- the first three miniseries, all in one shot, and then you can buy the trades for the the fourth, and I think this is the fifth, which has yet to be collected because this is the first issue, but it's great, really awesome stuff. Bloodborne, uh, Bleak Dominion number one, go get it from Titan. It's great. Notoriously difficult video games. Um, yes and no. Yeah, I think Dark Souls was the the pinnacle of difficulty. Like I couldn't just I could not do that fucking game. Any of them. I I I have them. I've played them maybe for a couple hours, but they're just too hard. But I got all through Elden Ring. And that Yeah, well, I mean, Elden Ring I as as we talked about before is supposed is by all accounts hard, but 
the reason I think Elden Ring was such a smash hit is it 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 seems like the reviewers said it it took the pedal off the gas a little bit relative to the Bloodborne games. Yeah, there, I mean, I've I've gone through boss battles in in Elden Ring at least ten times just to get mm-hmm. through them. Yeah, it, it is hard, but it's not overwhelmingly so. Like yeah. Dark Dark Souls, this is like I've I've fuck you the controller so many times mm-hmm. on that game yeah yep. no doubt so there you go bloodborne great stuff that's great well there it is uh in your travels this this isn't all that new um but i am in the process of just pulling things out random books actually we we're talking about this on the slack because um vander's been looking for things to read and uh so one of the books that I pulled out from one of the stacks near me um, that's just been sitting here for a minute is adapted from a novel by Michelle Lucy. It's uh, adapted by Fred Duvall, illustrated, beautifully illustrated by uh, Dieter Cassegrain. And it is a book by Magnetic called Blackwater Lilies. It is gorgeous uh i haven't finished it yet so that, that's why it's my in your travels i didn't talk about it during the show um but i'll have it finished soon uh i i know i believe it was kickstarter or part of a bundle with kickstarter and i just i waited um and it, it was definitely worth the wait uh it's it's a uh it's it's a beautiful piece of work i um never read the novel which which is only a few years old when did it come out 2000 something but it is a uh it's yeah it's it's a stunningly gorgeous book magnetic puts out great books as we all know the little rounded corners um the hardcover is illustrated no dust jacket has a nice feel to it and um really nice size so this way you can see um cast grains artwork um i definitely recommend it in your travels blackwater lilies from magnetic and if you want to hear a deep dive on it, you can go to episode 647. There we go. January 10th, 2020. When uh, when I, I talked about it, when it was through Europe Comics. Mm-hmm. Rest in peace, Europe Comics. But uh, when they were giving us all that glorious European stuff on the Digi. Yeah, side. I don't even know if they're doing it on Digi anymore. But yeah. No, yeah. I think they're done. I think they're kaput, sadly. But uh, they, they were great while they were around for show. Yep. 100%. Um, yeah, my inner travels is going to be a book that I I mentioned already with the uh, in the thank yous up front, and that is uh, Rosemary Rosemary Valero O'Connell's "Don't Go Without Me." Um, I loved her. Uh, I think it was her second graphic novel called "Laura Dean Keeps Breaking Up with Me." I believe it won the Ignatz that year in 2019 for uh, best graphic novel. And pro- I probably talked about it either late 2019 or early 2020 because I read it when it came out. But um, for some reason, I don't know why, maybe because it was pandemic, I don't know. But this follow-on, which came out a year later in 2020, I didn't even – I don't remember even noticing the solicits. So shame on me. But as I said, Davin was kind enough to send this to me, and uh, I read it as soon as I received it. And it's an absolute it's – a, it's, a, it's a work of art. It, it is um, – it's a triptych. Well, she describes it as a triptych. It's basically an anthology, but written and drawn by her completely. And the narrative is a uh, a couple. Uh, well, the, the 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 I would say the overarching commonality between the three stories is is love and loss and and 
each story it's kind of got like a black mirror vibe and that each story is a different setting like the first one is a fantasy realm where two lovers shift into an alternate reality that's kind of like ours but they get lost from each other and then in their quest to find each other again they keep telling stories about each other but what they don't realize is that that's what this world consumes as its energy so as they share these stories in exchange for hints to where they're they are to find each other they're losing these memories so which is a pretty pretty crazy and cool idea if you think about it um and then uh the second story is uh, got more of a sci-fi bent where basically uh people's um uh emotions are powering um are like the energy source these days for CPUs. Um, like they're basically plugged into people's brains and emotions power it. And you can imagine how that might go horribly wrong. And it does. And then um, the third story is really probably my favorite. It's this beautiful narrative about uh, living and loving your life and your friends and your family and your lovers. And, um, and it's it's in the backdrop of a gigantic creature is rising from the ocean and is going to destroy the earth. And they all know it, and they're kind of hoping that it's not going to happen, but but presuming that they got their dates right, the, this is the day. And so it's a little journey through this woman and her, her loved one's lives, and they're just trying to live the, live the day to its fullest because – you know, an act of God or force of nature like this isn't really stoppable. And uh, like I said, three stories that, that don't on the surface have a ton uh, in common with each other, but it's really about love and loss. And they're all, of course, illustrated by uh, by uh, Valera O'Connell. Uh, and I love the I'm a sucker for these mold, like single tone books. And that's what this is. There's two or three colors per story uh, for the most part. Uh, there's like some kind of pink overtone to each, but then there's another a complementary color. So like in one there's lavenders, and one there's grays, and one there's blues. But 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 it's it's I just love that that effect. Uh, I, that seems to always be a turn on for me when I come across uh, a comic work that that plays in just a few a few specific colors. And uh, yeah, thanks so much, Davin, for for reminding me of this and, and sending it to me because I I definitely wish I had I should I should have read it when it came out. So um, don't go without me. Definitely going to give that a look. I didn't know it came out either. The pages are beautiful looking. Yeah, man. Uh, in your travels, I just read issues three and four of this. Another sort of European classic, uh, Deadpool, Batter Blood. <laughs> You're fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> Jason, have you read these? No, no. Oh, man. The, Rob is just having a laugh, boy. He is out here having fun. Uh I, I ran into him. I do not know Rob Liefeld. I, we joke that I do know everybody, but I don't know Rob Liefeld. But, we you know, we, I know him well enough to, to talk to him a little bit and tell him I love him. Uh, and I told him how much I liked the first two of these at Comic-Con. And he was like, dude, issue three is one of my favorite things I've ever done. Uh, and he's obviously always sort of like amped up anyway. So I, I took it with a grain of salt. But this thing is super fun. For, as far as like new Liefeld goes, it's a, a real treat. And the, the premise of this thing is, you know, who cares? Uh, Deadpool <laughs> fighting people uh, th- through, the, through a series of around 20 pages. There's a lot of double page spreads. There's some splash pages. In this one, he's fighting uh, Deadpool, Venom Pool a lot of the time. And, and the, the 
the conceit is that they're trapped in like this sort of like VR AI uh, arcade type world where they're where they're being put through the paces for we don't quite know why yet. Uh, but it's not arcade; it's this girl arcade named Arcata, which I think Arcady is a better name, but whatever. Uh, this thing's super fun, and and like I said, it's just a lot of big big artwork, you know. Um, there's there's a two page spread in the middle, like on the staples, that is like the meanest, cleanest Rob Liefeld art I've seen in forever of just Deadpool punching the crap out of this Venom Deadpool. Um, just it's so clean that it almost looks like Ed McGinnis, you know, like it's just it's dope looking. Um, colors are by uh, J D Ramos, um, and he, and I feel like a lot of you know when you take on a Liefeld book now the colorist job is to sort of embellish a lot and sort of throw in some background nonsense here and there because Rob's for the most part just drawing the figures and make trying to make them look as cool as possible um but this one like I said he's fighting this venom pool and then he ends up in the savage land and we get some Zabu we say Zabu or Zabu what do you guys say Zabu 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 uh I don't want to spoil anything here but the imperial guard shows up uh the Shi'ar imperial guard not not any other Imperial Guards. Uh, <laughs> Deadpool core shows up. Fucking uh, Deadpool gets a lightsaber at a certain point. They don't Shickle, <laughs> Shickle, is Shickle in it? Uh, oh, wait, what? Shickle, his wife, the vampire. The vampire. Oh, Lady Deadpool? No, no, no. Okay, no, she's not, they're not in. It. Here's who's the Deadpool core that's in there. There's like the cosmic Deadpool. There's the little boy, the dog, the head, the floating head guy, and the. Sure. Okay, that's who showed up so far. But yeah, it's just it's an opportunity for Rob Liefeld to just get to draw whoever he wants. Um, and issue four, more, way more cable in that one, which you know, Ooh. for Venture, for me, Vince's I care. ears are perked up. Um, the Spider Man's in it too. It's just it's super fun. It's all kinds of crazy shit going on this. And I guess issue five is the last one. So uh, if you haven't been reading it, the trade should be along sooner than later. Um, and it's great. It's fun. Recommended. I like his. What, what issue you say that this was? Four? Four. I like his cover for this. It's really well done. With the with the Venom Pool on the yeah, cover? Yeah. Yeah. The, co- the cover for three that's just a close up of Venom Pool's head is also fucking real gnarly. The colorist went crazy on it. Yeah, I'm going to read this. Um, I was just going to hang back and wait till it was done and collected because they, mm. they usually give Rob the. The oversized format, don't they? Wait, they? Waiting for the trade. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Well, that first one came out as a hardcover first, a, like a regular size hardcover. Okay, all right. Yeah, I knew there uh, was a hardcover somewhere in this equation. And then they they split it up and put it out as issues, and that's why they did the sequel series because that sold super well in just issues. This thing that had already been out um, in hardcover format. It sounds right up my alley, man. If I mean, if yeah, you got the the zombie Deadpool head in there, like I'm in. Yeah, this one's a lot more like the first one was like Rob sort of building new lore and and like he introduced this character Thumper. I was gonna say yeah, yeah, I read that. Yeah, he ties into Deadpool's history and you know like he's he's definitely building Deadpool lore. And this one's more just like what if we just went ape shit with it? And, you mm-hmm. know, crazy stuff. Is this written by that same duet he always says do his books? Uh, yeah, it's just the one of it's Chad Bowers. Oh, what happened to the other the, one? The, the Rocket Ajax or whatever those dudes. Yeah, yeah. Well, the one is the one was War Rocket Ajax. Yeah, I don't know what happened to the other guy. But to mm. hear, 
I mean, and he does a pretty good job of putting, you know, Patty or, or like witty patter for Deadpool because I think you need that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I don't think anyone's telling Rob what to draw. I think they just come in afterward. Yeah, yeah. On. Speaking of witty banter, uh, do we have a book of the month for this month? Or no, we'll discuss it. Okay, oh. all right. Stay I'll tuned, everyone, because book of the yeah, month is next we'll, is next uh, week. Yeah, yeah. So we'll, we'll definitely. It, uh, it's next week. Yeah, next week's the twenty seventh. Yeah, twenty seventh. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Snuck up on you. Remember when we did Mouse? That was a good one. Dude, it's one. funny you bring that. I just I just sent my copy of Mouse along with one of my copies of Watchmen down to or up to Boston University because my son is studying them both in his uh, elective that he's taking on comics this semester. Oh, nice. I, I feel like I saw Facebook pictures of your son's dorm room. You had some comics on the shelf. I like that. Yes, sir. Yeah. Chip off the old block. Yes, that's right. Yeah, really excited for him to read Watchmen and Mouse, man. Can't get much better than that. You cannot. Unless he doesn't like them, then it's not a good thing. Well, I told him. I said, "Listen, I said if you're if 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 you if if these are a slog for you, I'm like you're gonna have to lie to me. <laughs> Just shut up about it. Yep. They come around though eventually, which is good. Yeah. Time and experience, right? Damn, Skippy, baby. Yeah, Tony. That's what I was talking about. The 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 venom or face, the whole face on the cover yeah. was the one I thought. The, this cover's nice, but the the last cover was really well done. Yeah, the colorist on, the, on that cover of issue three was going cra- like heavy metal crazy. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. All right, people. Hey, thank you for being here with us one more time. Uh, we hope you come back one next week. One more time. Because we'll have more of this. M- maybe, Tony, but probably not. But maybe. We'll see. Unless we, <laughs> What if we pick a book of the month that you're just like, dudes, I got to talk about that with you. <laughs> you never know. I'll, I'll come rushing back. Yeah, discussion. You know, I love a book of a BOTM discussion. Mm. Yep, one topic. Started from the bottom. Now we're here. That's right. (laughs) Do yourself a favor. Get your uh, took us to a comic shop. Buy some comics. Read them. Talk about them online. Come back here, baby. We'll be talking about them, and maybe you can even join in on the discussion on the Slack thing, or on the Facebooks, or wherever the social medias carry us because we're all over the place. So uh, say good night. <laughs> Tugboat David. Yep. Good. I. Yep. Yep. Easy one. Yep. Yeah, I was throwing audio at him, but Jason. Three, was, three weeks from now, we will be together. How about that? Well, in Jersey. In Jersey. We'll be together yeah. in Jersey. Joyce. What? Uh, so are you still on your art, high, high artist for New York Comic Con? <laughs> yeah, I mean, sort of. What's, what's yeah. the, what, what are your boundaries? Uh, I'm going to bring my jam pieces. Okay, so no solo shots, just jam pieces. And one solo shot. What are you getting? Well, I don't have anything from Valerio Skeety, and he's oh. coming, and he's going to be at Cadence's table, and he doesn't come to the U.S. very often, so I procured a domino from him. But Fair enough. That's yeah. Very reasonable. Yeah, I, I ran it by the wife. She was cool with it. Yeah, she was proud of my of my restraint this year. She she doubted I was going to actually show restraint. So, don't doubt you, sir. I'm a man of principle, you know. No, if that, I say I'm going to do something. I'm going to do yeah, it. Yeah, that's one thing about Jason. If he says he ain't moving, he's not moving. Yeah, oh, man. 
So, but yeah, we'll see. But I'm, 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 I'm not. There's no. It's a weird thing because because like especially on our Slack we have a very vibrant art channel, and normally I'd be right in the thick of like the hustle of like oh there's this this person's opened up the list you know this this reps opened up list and and it's it's happening because there's so many art collectors on our Slack channel but I'm just like nah man I'm just I'm rolling up in there just free as a bird if 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 something's available and it strikes me cool if not now nah, we're good that's gonna be fun I think I think like uh, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I have some agita about it, but we'll see. I think you'll miss it, but like from having done the way I do Comic Con now is sort of like that, where I have very little going on. I just sign, set up a few things, and then I can sort of just wander around, have a nice time. I think you're gonna enjoy hanging out with the boys that way. I mean, you you get tired of digging in them bins. No bin, di- no bin digging for me, but um, but yeah, no, we're all fun, dude. We always have fun, and we haven't seen each other in a year. Yeah, and uh, and we're gonna get some good eats, and we're gonna hang out with some folks. So yeah, it'll be fun. Yeah, sounds cool. Yep. And I think the weather will be pretty cool, so we won't have to be sweating our balls off, which is nice. Mm. It will be even more fun if Tony decides to go. Just I feel like you. next year is my big return. I've got the triumphant return this year. Yeah, no, no, no fleece. No, no Scotty Young this year. No, it's mm-hmm. uh, no Tana Ford, right? No, ta- I don't. I don't remember seeing her on the list. No. What the hell? What a delight. Super, super <laughs> now, had you guys spent much time together before? Never. I never met no. her before. I only know her from when she comes on this show. And, and it's so guys, funny because you've been at probably a hundred cons together. Yeah, for sure. Nice. Yeah. Well, I love I love when we bring good people together. I went up and I made a point to go say hi. When I showed up, she she knew exactly what was going on. Love it. Is the other fourth chair? <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> uh, the lady does not suffer fools as well. So. She was not. I will say, for as much as Vince adores you and Tana and would love to have either of you be our permanent fourth chair or fifth chair, fourth and fifth, uh, it is rare in the 15 years we've known the show that I've seen him fanboy out like he was with Josh. That, yeah, that was wild. You I were was, so excited, man. It was nice to see. He, he really was uh, affected by that book. I, I, love, I love him very much. Yeah. I, I hope we can get you that slipcase. I, I was. Like, I already oh, ordered it. I yeah, we, we all ordered it. it. Yeah. I think all three yeah. of us ordered it while we were doing the show. Yeah. Yep. So you already had the book. You just had to order the slipcase part. No, I he, don't have the book. I I didn't. I hadn't ordered the book. Um, same. So yeah. So I, I I jumped on it. Yeah. He he threw the PDFs at us, and he's like, uh, Yeah, you know, yeah. He had sent us the PDF. But I had ordered it from uh, DCBS, so now I have a slipcase copy and a regular copy, whenever they decide to come. So uh, maybe I'll turn it around, give it to a listener or something. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really bless somebody on the Patreon, the patrons. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Better act somebody. Yeah. Tell them you love them. Love I really them. do love them. I'm feeling the love again. We're like we're cresting into the into the it's the fall. The weather changing. I got my sweater on. It's life is good. It's uh, comics are good again. Best time of year. Yeah, it's beautiful. Come I up. dude, I, I I my wife's got the bum ankle, so I'm like, you know, I'm gonna cook dinner tonight. I whipped up on the fly. We had some little Trader Joe's pumpkin gluten-free ravioli. I, I, I whipped up a little dab of proud of me, the little First time ever, I whipped up a little sage brown butter walnut uh, joint. Ooh. Just right, right on the fly, dude. Literally, like I'm like, oh, we, we got these ingredients. Let me see how this works. And it worked out beautifully. Feel, I'm, feeling, I'm feeling it. Life is good right now. We're cycling into a good time. Love it. That's it for that one.